J.M. and the A.M., that was Dovi Shapiro by request. 8.36 in the morning. We're half, just past the halfway mark of a five-hour J.M. and the A.M. extravaganza. <clears throat> want to thank everybody who's been giving, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We have, thank God, have had a lot of wonderful artists on our show over the years, a lot of great people. Some of them have become synonymous with our programming. Some of them we turn to for specific situations, specific times. And one of those artists is here this morning. Uh, when it was time to come up <coughs> with, a, um, with a cover to a song that Miriam Wallach felt would be the most appropriate song for our journey to Dubai, <coughs> there was only one person she thought, she thought of calling. There's a lot of great Jewish music stars out there. A lot of high-quality people, musicians, singers, a lot of good people. People with their own studios who could put together their own production. But for some reason, there was only one person that she called. And that, of course, was Aryeh Kunstler. Aryeh Kunstler ended up, uh, being the, uh, the, ended up presenting the theme song of our trip to Dubai, a song that you heard from 7,000 miles away, and certainly before and after the trip as well. It's called Salam. Um, and uh, it, it made quite an impact, bringing the message of peace from Dubai to the rest of the world. Aryeh Kunstler, I say... Welcome back to JM and the AM. Always good to be back. <laughs> this is like, you know, for us, it's a mobile studio. You're practically part of the set here already. <laughs> hey, you know what? When, when Miriam says to me, like, it's uh, Giving Tuesday, I got to get a bagel. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no traveling anywhere, huh? I even woke up late today, and I still managed to get here on time. Yeah, so. well, that's the advantage of being in the neighborhood. Exactly. Are you Kunzel, you know what impressed us? You didn't mail in that cover of uh, Salam. You worked for an entire weekend <laughs> to get it to perfection. In fact, when you sent me a, uh, a version of it, you said, just understand, don't play this on the air. It's not a final. Now, I said to myself, this sounds good enough for me to play on the air. But I respected your wishes and waited till all the drums were inserted the way you wanted them inserted and all the studio work was done the way you wanted it done. We ended up with a great product, and I thank you for that. Of course. It was You're actually going to do it live today here. Yep, yep. Um, so a lot of people out there have been... Um, have been um, wondering about the uh, different musical uh, projects that you're involved with. And one thing I did notice, and I, I don't like doing this to people because you're not responsible for other generations, but I did notice that your father has taken quite an interest in posting either brand new songs or covers of songs on Facebook. Did you notice that? that I he, did. That he has a larger presence on social media than he used to? Yeah, I, absolutely. It, it was like a starting over COVID project ah. that he started putting out different songs. I think it's started around Pesach time. We put out one of his What Pesach does uh, McCartney songs. call it? The Rockdown. The Rockdown. Yeah. Right. And he, he's <laughs> been posting a lot of his old material, some covers, some new stuff that he's never released. Just uh, videos you of him You remember playing. Eyes on Jerusalem? I, wa I wasn't born when Eyes on Jerusalem was made, but oh I... Know my the album. Old. Oh, my old. I remember the album. And the best song on that album, of course, is, let's see um, if you get this right. Um, B'dikas Chavetz. Right, B'dikas Chavetz. Because even though it may not be the best musical song, it is the most clever song about Pesach I've ever heard. And one of my favorite songs of his um, is the menorah. Right. The one That's a serious us. song. Yeah. That's a very serious Hanukkah selection. Anyway, a big shout-out to Avi Kunzler and to your entire family. You have other people in your family who are involved in the music world. Yeah, my brother Donnie is... My brother Donnie has four albums under the name of Avi Enu. Right. Um, so he's got a couple of you know successful songs there. And now I have a, a nephew that's in the game a little bit. And that is? Uh, my nephew Baruch. We is his last name Kunzler? Kunzler, yeah. On a, on a whim, he's been pushing me... I taught him 
You did? Yes. Miriam taught him. No wonder he's so successful. <laughs> he had a teacher like Miriam L. Wallach. Now I get it. And we did uh, that cover of Ben Kodesh Lachol that uh, you know had uh, over ten thousand views on Instagram, right. and people were pushing us to just actually put it on Spotify and streaming. So we so we decided to do that. So you know we have we have some uh, family family yeah. musical talent, a musical <laughs> family to say the least. Arye Kunstler's here. It's Giving Tuesday, everybody. Uh, I want to thank Rabbi Allen first. A fifty dollars donation just now. There are certain people who we can count on all the... Well, you're one of those people we count on all the time, but when it comes to fundraising, there are a lot of people who we count on all the time. So we do get a lot of new names who uh, become donors of ours, but it's amazing how after all these years, thank God, and after all these decades, there are people who just love what we do year after year after year. It's really heartwarming, frankly, and I'm glad that there are so many people out there uh, feel the uh, desire to help us on a regular basis, like Miriam Pollack, who just gave a nice donation. So thank you to everybody who's donating at fjbunity.org. Your reward for tuning in this morning is you get to hear a thank you to Peril Kaufman, who just donated as our donations continue to escalate at fjbunity.org. Um, your reward for tuning in this morning to Giving Tuesday, everybody, is you get to hear Aryeh Kunstler do a live version of a great song. You must be very nervous after this whole buildup from Dubai and <laughs> yeah. your song being <laughs> featured on international broadcasts. I mean, you must be shaking right now thinking about this live performance at Gotta Get a Bagel. That and it's 8.40 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and, you, and you had your coffee yet or you didn't? I had a sip. I had a sip of my coffee. I hope it helped relax your nerves a bit. Yeah, we should be okay. Arye Kutzler, everybody, a song we know is our theme song for our Dubai broadcast. It's called Salam, and here it is at JM in the AM. O devo shalom aleinu, o devo shalom aleinu, o devo shalom aleinu, fi al kulam. Salam, aleinu vi al kolam. Salam, 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 aleinu vi al kolam. Salam, salam, o devo shalom aleinu. Salam, salam, salam. 
shalom aleinu, odiavu shalom aleinu, odiavu shalom aleinu, ki al kulam. Woo! <laughs> There it is, just like it sounded like in Dubai. By the way, uh, I'm, I see from your reaction, you're impressed with my air guitar. It's that was, that was like great. a nine out of ten, right? Very. Oh, up, that ver- was something. Very right. up. Uh, even you suggested. I too. know. I thought it was a great visual. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's a that. shame we didn't have Facebook Live going. And at that some moment. people say she's not my biggest fan. I come know. on. Come By on. the way, I just want to. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's true. That's true. By the way, it's a little bit. It's a little bit hard to stay professional and focused when I have Arya playing here. I know. What can I, I got. I got to tell you, I'm trying to do these things and whatever and i just that is so fabulous now can we, can we talk about the song for a second yeah i can can we the talk song yeah. i'm saying that the 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 country sound to it the country influence you know and the bridge that you created which right is really it's cool. so great um, i mean one of my kids who's also a big hunter fan and is a huge country music fan because she grew up in woodmere and that most, makes sense. Most Woodmere you yeah, know, residents yeah. are big country music fans. And uh, she says to me, she goes, wow, it's so interesting that he went that direction. And we had this entire conversation about how you decided to, to move with this song. And I said to her, I'm like, no, it makes perfect sense because this is our American theme song for this trip. What's more American than country music? Than country music, <laughs> and so to me, it makes perfect sense. And the message sense. of peace, right? You know, how right. The country music started right. So she was right, and and other things that are the messages of country music. Right. Right. So, so she, you know, so we had this whole conversation, but it was it was fascinating to me that she and I were able to analyze the music of Arie Kunstler and the inspiration because you're reaching multiple audiences, and that's so important. That's awesome. Um, first of all. I'm sitting here. I don't even know. I don't know if artists like you resent this type of comment, but I'm sitting here listening to you perform, and it clicks in my head that I know a song that you should cover. Okay, and that's I, great. I don't know if you ever heard this. There's a song, and I have to actually just look it up to make sure I had the right title. There's a song performed by Soul Farm, and I'm sure by others, um, La Mala Alahar. You ever hear it? No. You have to check this out because I would love to hear you cover that song i mean uh, noah solomon is like a giant it's like yeah he's a celebrity in my every once in a while (laughs) i get to play with him and like the guy's voice and musical ability and sense is just mind-blowing you would have loved i had a conversation with shlomo katz a few weeks ago i said do me a favor take the next few minutes and just tell me about the solomon family he knows all of them of course in his youth and he's telling me about their musical genius and how it developed over the years. Just amazing. It's wild. It's I mean, the, and it's it's not just Noah. It goes yeah, it's down. The, it's it's uh, Yuda from Moshav. You have the Solomon brothers, which are the rest of them, you know, in in Israel, and they're all just incredibly talented. It's amazing. What, what did we have last night during Amudim? We had the Katz family, Eitan and Shlomo. We had the Solomon family with three brothers, and there was another family. Well, first of all, they called themselves Holy Brothers. Right. They called the, <laughs> right. That was the whole segment. Oh, you yeah, know that. I saw that. Right. Of course. <laughs> You were also in a good segment last I night, by the way. I already said we need that track. I got yes, I, we do need that track. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, we're, we're working on a, an official version of it. it. That song came together pretty quickly, so um, we just decided to keep it more of an acoustic right. version with Benny. But, uh, and I got to produce a couple of the other, the other video segments. I don't know if you saw the Avi Parrots, Moshi Tischler. We were just, we were just commenting about, about it, it on the air. That's Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and you want to know something? Avi Parrots' voice, you know, is unique and wonderful. I was, I was uh, so pleased with the strength of Tischler's voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tremendous yeah. strength. Yeah. In and they had voice. never met each other until that recording what? in that video. Yeah. Oh, is that great? I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Morris Gavan, three times high. Thank you. B and Ralph, listen to this. 
Listener Susan. Listener Susan, a 10 times high donation. We so thank nice. her so much. Susan Grabois, who I am told has been turned on to JMN by the Rosenbaum. So uh, thank just you by very, B, very I assume. <laughs> just by B, exactly. And another cousin. And another cousin All as the well. cousins are chiming in. And I am going to send special regards to Marshall and Shiffy and the entire family. Uh, they have a beautiful baby as well. What is it? Aubrey. Aubrey's the beautiful baby. So there you go. So Mazal Tov. And, uh, and thank you so much for, uh, for pitching in to help our Giving Tuesday here at JM in the AM. By the way, somebody comments on the app. How does one get a T-shirt? Well, Ooh. well, I got to tell you, you can email me, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. Good, but I don't know if they're talking about the uh, limited edition Dubai T-shirt right, or which, the regular T-shirt. Right, so I was going to comment that the Dubai T-shirt is not for request. Wow. I know, I know, but I know. But there's somebody we got to give one well, to. Well, I'm about to well, get I, up and do that. I actually, I, I need a sweatshirt. Let me explain why. I started, I'm married to a social media influencer. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> We've been I, told. Yeah. <laughs> My daughters have informed me. <laughs> so I did a post. Kind they of were so PO'd that I missed your wedding. <laughs> 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 so so one day I kind of did a little post kind of poking fun. I was like, guys, this is my sweatshirt of the day. It's, this one happens to be from Precision Auto Body. It's my next door neighbor. Wait. People started sending me sweatshirts. No way. No I, way. No jokes. Oh, my God. People gosh. sent me sweatshirts. We can't I, present this to him. There'll be rivals <laughs> sending him T-shirts. We can't do that. We don't want other radio shows sending him T-shirts. Are there no, other no, radio that, stations going to Dubai that I don't know about? <laughs> me no think so. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great honor and pleasure. Even though he was not with us 7,000 miles away, it. he was with us. He was with us in a big way. Uh, Aryeh Kunstler is now the proud owner of the Nahum Siegel Network Dubai 2020 limited edition shirt. Aryeh, wear that with pride, my I man. I will. I will. The t-shirt of the day. <laughs> the t-shirt <laughs> of the day. And now all of a sudden he'll be inundated with a bunch of t-shirts. How do you like that? My gosh. Unbelievable. Uh, do we want Aryeh to do more? What are we doing here? I know, I know you want him to do another song. Well, let's throw out some songs. Well, what do you want him to do here? Come on. I can, I can do a classic. I can do the one that was on the Amudim thing last night. Um, whatever. You the name do. of that song is? Tfilat Koanim. All right, let's do it. Tfilat Koanim. Aryeh Kunstler is live. This, I'm going to call this an unplugged debut. This is an unplugged this is debut. First time I'm playing it live. First yeah. time Aryeh Kunstler is ever playing this live. It's called a debut here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> Ribono shel olam, asinu ma shegazarta aleinu. Afatase, aseimanu kiyimo shiftachtanu. Ribono shel olam, ribono shel olam, asinu ma shegazarta aleinu. Afatase, aseimanu kiyimo. Shiftachtanu Hashkifa mimaon katshikha Min ha-shomayim uvarech esamcha Es Yisrael Fiesa adama shenasata lanu Hashkifa mimaon katshikha Min ha-shomayim uvarech esamcha Es Yisrael, v'yesa adama shenasata lanu. Kasher nishpat alav oseinu, kasher nishpat alav oseinu. 
ארץ צהוב אז חלום ודבש השקיפה ממעון קדשיך, מן השמיים וברך אשמך, אש ישראל, ויעשה אדמה שנוסעת לנו. השקיפה ממעון קדשיך, מן השמיים וברך אשמך, אש ישראל. ויש האדמה שנוסעת לנו. Song composed by me. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, look, the words Hashkifa have been used in multiple songs, but the opening words to the song, I don't think have ever been used. Am I wrong about that? I haven't heard it. I don't think it's ever been used. It's from, and not a lot of people know the words. Right, because they will not say it during the song. Correct. I think this is what is said, yeah, this is what's As said the color after, after Duchening. Oh, it's the after saying, Duchening right. one, right. While everyone's waiting, while the Chazim right. saying, Simshol the Kohanim, right. the Kohanim say this to themselves. Now, so, it's funny because um, when I was growing up, saying the stuff, excuse the expression, during Duchening was accepted in our synagogue. When I went to high school, we were basically told by our Rebbeim, nothing should be said during Dukha. You just stand there, you'll listen, and wait for Shalom. We so. can get rid of the singing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, yeah, even during the singing. So that that, that, that has been my custom ever yeah. since. <laughs> no, but this is something that I, I've, you know, I wrote the song a while ago right. just from those words. Not a lot of people know them, right. and, and it's not always super relatable to everyone. Not everyone's a coin. But Benny Friedman, who I did it with last yeah. night, is also a coin. So I said it's a perfect duet opportunity. Unbelievable. Well, words of the Kohanim and a brand new selection from R.E.A. Kunstler. The video is out. By the way, Amudim will have the videos out today yes. for people yeah, to enjoy. Yeah, this is on my Instagram already. Oh, it's there already? Yeah. But you're going to get us a, uh, an official I version. I will get you an official. MP3 will be able to feature it on the air uh, like we do with all your other stuff, which is simply amazing. Always I played one of your, um, which song was it? Was it Gom? I think I played Gom the other day. You remember that one? Uh, of course. Give me, give me 20 seconds of Gom. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Right, there it is. There it is. I love it. Do you know that that song that would work well with other words as well? Do For you know sure. That? It would work really well. That's a song. That's a tune that you could take a lot of different words and uh, put it to that uh, to that music. I, you know what? When I used to. Back when, they, when there were live shows, I would go from that into <laughs> Modani and, back you know. When there were live shows? Oh, my gosh. I remember we did the show. It, I feel like I, I spoke to you I guys know, about it. It I was know. right here, February 27th, yeah. and that was, it yeah, was a know. great show. The, the, the last hurrah. It was the last hurrah. <laughs> Before the Purim It's debacle. nice to know that, that we were able to make shows right here. It's right across I the know. street. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So. And, in fact, the, the, the battle, the battle, what did we call it? Battle of the Stars? What did we call the thing that we did here in Gotta Get a Bagel? The music, what do they call it? The solo battle? I forgot what they called it. The anyway. ra- uh, right, uh, the improv that with Morty yeah, and Benny. With, with, with uh, Simcha Liner with Simcha and Mayor K. And Mayor K, right. Happened right here. It happened right here on this spot, and that was That's back right. on the same day, February the 20th. Uh, January, must have been January 27th. It, it was a Kosher Halftime show. Kosher so Halftime show. Wow, yeah. I remember filming that. 
Unbelievable. I may have just gotten feeling back in my fingers. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> and you know what the irony was? And what's funny about discussing this with you is you and I have discussed how you've been involved with projects where the weather was perfect the prior day and the day after. And that and day. that day, was, yeah. Uh, and you had that with the swimming pool. The swimming shoot, pool one. And you had that on a beach once, I believe, also. Was a, it, you had done some type of beach shot that was much colder than it should have been at that time of year. It was freezing. Right. It was exactly. freezing. Yeah. So, anyway. I never have that luck. That's how it goes. Aye, thank you. Pleasure. Aye. Hey, Kutzler, everybody, on Giving Tuesday. We give you great music. You give us great donations. I want to thank Linda Allen. Thank you very much for a $100 donation. I want to thank Morris Gavant for three times high. I want to thank R.E.A. Mandel for three times high. I want to thank everybody who's supporting us. I want to thank ZK, who's our chief engineer, but is not always in the role of on-the-spot engineer. Uh, that's something that he leaves to his, uh, his great staff, the engineering staff here at the Nahum Siegel Network. But today... Today we are uh, uh, we we have ZK with us and Yoni is uh, is out of town and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored uh, digital radio around the world the web and AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network and of course on the beloved NSN app <coughs> we have a lot of. Um, a lot of great people coming up in the next two hours. We're going until 11 o'clock today because it's our Giving Tuesday. We're asking everybody to make year-end donations. Say it again. We're asking everybody to make uh, year-end donations and to help us out uh, by, uh, uh, by giving either monthly or one-time donations at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. You are listening to JM in the AM.
It is Giving Tuesday at JM in the AM. And I want to thank Simcha Liner for that beautiful piece off the Kolak Avod album. JM in the AM into hour number four. Into hour number four of our five-hour extravaganza here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, before I introduce Ellie Hofstadter, I've gotten a special message. Uh, oh, by the way, Arye, before you leave, before you leave, I just got a message from uh, listener Ed. Listener Ed says the following, FYI, Aryeh Kunstler's father was a classmate of mine at RJJ in the 1960s. A group of uh, Lower East Side pre-collegiates hired Avi to perform at a Young Israel concert at PS 134 in 1966. What do you think of that piece of information? Uh, they assume it was Avi's first, uh, 1966, yeah. Avi's first professional appearance at the Henrietta Zold School which we pass whenever we walk to the Mizrahi on Shabbos. So a little, little Lower East Side uh, uh, trivia for you. Thank you, listener Ed. So I'm about to introduce Ellie Hofstadter, has, who has an amazing new business right across the street. He's a great neighbor of Joel's here at Gotta Get a Bagel. But before I introduce him, I got a special message from an old friend uh, that mentions Ellie Hofstadter. So I assume that it would be a good idea to, uh, to read it. Uh, this is, a, uh, this is a, a message from listener... Uh, listener Tzali, and Tzali says that they are celebrating two bar mitzvahs of two grandsons born two days apart, Mechi and Yechiel Edelstein. So Mazel Tov Mechi, Mazel Tov Yechiel. And he says that Eli Hofstadter is an amazing young man who does an awesome job. He, Tzali, claims that he buys Svarim at Eli Hofstadter's store and, and many books from him, and he delivers it to his home very quickly. That's a nice, uh, that's a nice message. Wishing him tremendous hatzlachos as we introduce uh, Ellie Hofstadter, we uh, give him regards from Sally Edelstein. Good morning to you, Mr. Hofstadter. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. You actually provide that kind of service for someone? They'll place an order with you, and you're running it over to their home before the end of the day? Yes, we do. Nice. Yeah. And, and Sally takes advantage of that yes, service. Yes, he does, That's and many does. other people as well. By the Book is located officially at what number on Broadway? What number? 1034. 1034. We're at 1039. You're right across the street at 1034 Broadway. You've been open since August, if Correct. I'm not mistaken. And you are trying your best in the world of Judaica and Sfarim and books and anything having to do with Judaica to service the public as best as possible. How has it gone so far? Thank God it's amazing, especially opening during Corona. It's yeah. unbelievable. Many people would think that... It may not be the best idea, yet you've used it to your advantage to Absolutely. really service the clients. Absolutely. Uh, and what do you have? I mean, obviously, it's a farm store and a Judaica store, so we could really conjecture what you have. <laughs> but why not go through the list of the types of items you're carrying? We got all types of books in Svarim, every single type. Anything we can't get we, that we don't stock in the store, we definitely have available online, and we get it within one to two days. We have kosher lamps, stenders, kiddush cups, challah boards, challah covers, challah knives. Every Jewish Every accessory yeah, possible. Yeah, seasonal items. Yeah. Uh, and you have a great neighbor here. Got to get a bagel. That must be good for your breakfast and lunch, right? Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Joel knows how to prepare a good meal. That's, oh, for, that's sure. for sure. Um, all right. So um, uh, all this happens. You open up during COVID. The store is now 
fully functioning Baruch Hashem. And one of the things you pride yourself on is the personal service. So if deliveries are are needed, if someone in the neighborhood has a uh, has a need for something, you're going to find a way, even if they don't walk into the store, Correct. to make sure they get it as soon as possible. Absolutely, that's basically what you're yeah. what you're guaranteeing we do free the public. Deli- yeah, we do free delivery within. Rockaway Five Towns, Brooklyn, and Lakewood, and on our website we do free shipping throughout the United States. Unbelievable. Ellie Hofstadter is here. The name of the store. I'm looking at it. Buy the book, Judaica and Gifts on Broadway here in Woodmere. Um, we should mention as many Judaica stores as exist already in the Five Towns Far Rockaway area. I've been told, and you actually explained this to me geographically. You're the only. Judaica store in this area Correct. of the five towns. So people shouldn't think that you're stepping on other neighbors. You're literally unique to this neighborhood. Correct. And anybody who's in this area, obviously, should Correct. take advantage of that. And now, especially the surrounding towns, Long Beach, um, Ulet, Northwood Mirror, Atlantic Beach, Lido Beach, West Hempstead, and all the surrounding areas that are actually closer to us. Because for every town you just mentioned, this would be the closest Judaica store for them. Correct. Buy the book Judaica, 1034 Broadway yep, in Woodmere. Yeah, we got free parking as well. And there's free parking as well. All right, um, now let's get to part two of this conversation because we've been told that you're an expert in an area that I didn't know had any experts. <laughs> and, that is, and that is organizing people's libraries. That is this is exclusive correct. for Sfarim, other libraries. How does it work? Yeah, so we do all types of libraries, Judaic and secular libraries, English books. Um, we go to shuls, yeshivas, private homes, and we organize people's libraries. We do color coding, cataloging, bookcasing, book binding, shameless removal, anything to do with organizing libraries. Is it, it frustrating organizing a yeshiva's library knowing that the moment you leave is going to be disorganized again? Pretty much, <laughs> but we, the reason we do it is to set it up that it can't go that way. We have labels that are stuck on every safer so that everyone knows where it goes. Now, if the guys don't want to put it back, not up to us. Right, I got that. But, yeah. but, they, but they know just based on looking at the safer where it belongs. Correct, and that way someone's at least able to clean it so up. So if they're walking around with that cart and picking up Sparb, they're going to know where yeah. to drop it off on which bookshelf. Exactly. Simple as that. Ellie Hofstadter is here. Now, how do people get information about that service? They can go to the thesfarimorganizers.com. Thesfarimorganizers.com. Exactly, and all our information is right there. You know that I didn't know until last week when I met you that this service exists. Yep. And it, what's shocking to me is the number of people taking advantage of the Absolutely. service. We were featured in a different magazine on the Shavuos issue, and we've had such a great calling. People have been calling left and right, and it's unbelievable. And uh, often, in all seriousness, people would think that organizing or trying to sort out and figure out what to do with Svarm is only at the end of someone's life. Someone passes Correct. away. You're now left with a collection. They turn right. to an But you're saying no. The people yeah. who are just setting up their libraries are, are, want to make sure it's done in the proper mm-hmm. way. We have studies, offices, people's home libraries, so many different areas of, of people's books. That it could be a small three-bookshelf right. section in their house. They just want to neat. Do we know how long it takes? Like, is there? I know that obviously it depends on the size of the library, but is it a service that can be done relatively quickly? Absolutely, or not? I've done shuls in Lakewood that have over 350 shelves. I did it in one day. Like, we're able to maximize the time, so you could take a lot of workers and just get it done very, very quickly. A local resident of Woodmere just uh, mentioned to me that it's nice to have another from-owned business on Broadway. This is not Central Avenue where, you know, it's very common to have from-owned businesses. So you and, of course, across the street from you here at Gotta Get a Bagel uh, from people in the community are the shop owners of this area. All right, um, Ellie Hofstadter, 
buy the book Judaica and Gifts, how do people get information about your store? Is there a website, phone number? What do they need to know? Absolutely. The first thing is that our phone number is relatively easy. It's 516-916-BOOK. 516-916-2665. Can't misspell book, huh? Nope. That's pretty (laughs) difficult. Um, the website is Buy the Book Judaica. With a B-Y. B-Y, B-Y. correct, B-Y. Knowing you, you'll probably purchase B-U-Y at some yeah, point. Yeah, but if you Google it, it'll come right. up. com, and we you can WhatsApp us, email us at orders at com, and free shipping on our website, price match guarantee. You can WhatsApp us to order. You can pay with Zelches, quick pay, credit card, whatever you want. Got all the bases covered, huh? Yeah. It's a real 2020 Judaica shop. Yep. Nobody thought a brick-and-mortar Judaica shop could be 2020, but it is. Exactly. We're doing our best to make it so easy that there's no reason not to order from us. Encourage our listeners to keep us going by supporting JM and the AM on this Giving Tuesday. Absolutely. JM and the AM is the number one show for a very, very long time. Absolutely. Nice. And we're going to – anyone who gives – the next person that gives a $36, $100 donation – Gets entered into a giveaway for a free four cookbooks, the newest four cookbooks that just came out. Wow, what a There's nice offer. Dinner done, but from between carpools. Yeah. There is the Shabbos Kodesh Razi Freed cookbook. There is the Balbusta Three cookbook also just came out, number three, and the new Marble, Soup, Marble Spoon cookbook that's unreal. All right. Anyone who WhatsApps our number at 516-916-BOOK with their first name, last name, and city where they live. And gives a hundred dollar donation. The first person will get these four cookbooks. Thank you so much. They can make that donation at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and make their check payable to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Ellie Hofstadter, a very important across the street neighbor of Joel's, and got to get a bagel. Continued success with the new venture across the street. Thank you very much. Uh, it's by the book Judaic and Gifts, everybody. Ten thirty four Broadway. Check it out. It is the only, the only Judaica store on this side of town in the five towns. More coming up. We have a lot of great donors, a lot of people to thank. This is a Shari Stetch, a $50 donation. Thank you very much. We want to thank Rachel Rothber- Richard Rothberger, a $100 donation, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. We're at hour number four now, hour number four of this five-hour adventure, hour number four. A Dr. Mutti Whites has stopped by to encourage everybody to give on Giving Tuesday. Thank you, Dr. Whites. Great to see an old friend encourage us and, 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 and lead us on here at the JM and the A. Thank you so much. Um, uh, we did that one already, and uh, and uh, we're going to head to this selection and be back with plenty more. We are at Gotta Get a Bagel. That's right. We are at Gotta Get a Bagel here in uh, Woodmere, New York. And eighth day is next at JM in the AM. Darkest times on a pitch black night He rode a horse of the purest white He knocked on the door, kind of prisoner free In his hand, a bag of money What shall I do when the money runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky What shall I do when the gold runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky And I call the They surrounded me 
These three words, they set me free When you got no strength and you cry and please Lost in the forest, can't find the trees Here's what you do when the money runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky Here's what you do when the gold runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky Israel, Lanetzach, Lanetzach, 
גדול, עליו נודה בקור, למלך העולם, כי לא אחד בלבד, עלינו כבר עמד, אבל השם אחד מצילנו מידם. JM in the AM, plenty more coming up. Before we continue with another special guest, Miriam L. Wallach and I have a very, very important reminder. ShopEichlers.com. ShopEichlers.com. Big hello to our friends at the Borough Park Eichlers. They've got a new special that everyone's got to know about. Would you tell everyone, please, what's happening now at ShopEichlers.com? Well, before I even tell you that, because, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They have 150 versions, 150 <laughs> different styles from iKeepa. Is that crazy? All online for yes, people to see? Of course, all online. Pretty it's amazing. 20% off right now at shopeichlers.com for all iKeepa purchases. That's 20% off. They have 150 styles. That's not 15. There's an extra zero at the end of that 15. And remember, with same-day delivery, because they do do same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Tom's River, and Jackson, New Jersey. That's literally a Sarah Benet Haman, what you just said right now. <laughs> the, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. It was almost in one breath. All, of those, read it again. all of those towns and neighborhoods yep. have same-day delivery from Eichlers and Borough Park through shopeichlers.com. Go to shopeichlers.com, the iKeepa, every version. Version of yep. it, all 150 versions, you're saying 20% off right that now. That is correct. 20% off. Take advantage. Go to shopeichlers.com. Right. So when your kid calls you today that he already lost his yarmulke, you place the order, <laughs> gets delivered in your house That's today. That's right. Boom, done. It'll be there by the time they get home. As I the like kids say, boom, done. I like that. There That's actually go. a good suggestion. Wow. Uh, well, Phil Rosen, uh, whether it's his uh, incredible dedication to the, uh, uh, to the organizations like Yeshiva University and Birthright um, that we always highlight. 
uh, or if it's an incredible career with the American Friends of Lee Hood, whatever the case or cause might be, he's been a fantastic guest of ours over all these decades at JM and the AM. We have a big Mazel Tov wish. His son just got married this past Sunday night. Mazel Tov to you, Phil Rosen. Thank you so much, Nachum. It, uh, that was the thrill. That was the thrill. My first son getting married. My daughter got married seven years ago. And uh, love, love, love my son-in-law and my granddaughter. And uh, they're doing well, huh? Everyone's doing, doing great. Well. They're keeping Grandpa happy. Thank God. That's why I wear a uh, mask that says Poppy. There on it. it is. I like that. So that's my thrill. Tell me for a moment. Uh, you know, uh, satisfy my musical curiosity. How was the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra with, I'm told, Barry Weber and Shmuel Younger? Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely. I think one of the nicest uh, musical performances I've ever heard. Barry was at his top of his game, and He's so good. was Shmuel Ungo. They were t- and together, magical, really magical. Well, great Ev- event. Everybody there, um, thank God, everybody there was so, so misameach and so happy with with everything. So Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov again, and thank a shout-out to Aaron Teitelbaum and his crew. Um, I, I don't know if I should wish you Mazel Tov on the next piece of news. When you became essentially our Israel campaign and election analyst, I didn't think we'd be giving you this much work, <laughs> frankly. We started this about two, three years ago when the next major election came right. up, and you were nice enough to tell us about your conversations with BB and give us predictions and why you thought he would do well, and obviously he became prime minister each time, not just that time, but many times after that. Right. Then we call you a few months later and say, Phil, can you speak about this on the air again? And then we call you a few months later and say, <laughs> Phil, can you speak about this on the air again? I have news for you, Mr. Rosen. As of last night. We're back. Right. As of last night, game, set, match. Yeah. There will be another election yep. in the state of Israel. Yeah. It's an amazing thing, particularly if you think about it, the leading vote-getters among the parties are all center-right or right. right. There is not a single left-wing party in the top grouping. Look what so, Labor's going through now. There's lab- nobody left. Labor's gone. No seats, no mandates, nothing. Exactly. And... Uh, you know, what you have is, on the left, you have a Meretz-type party, um, and you have the Arabs. Right. And on the right, everybody's competing for how many seats they get. Um, it's interesting. It's, um, this time, I thought it was going to finish up. I thought it wasn't going to happen, but... It looks like people have uh, egos. What's interesting, and you know BB better than anybody, what's interesting is obviously, knowing his political acumen, which you've described in the past, he's not as concerned about Gidon Sar as many think he should be. Do you agree with me that he's, I agree. he's really not afraid of anybody at the moment? I agree. Listen, if you think about it, BB in the last four years has accomplished more than I think any prime minister since Menachem Begin, and maybe even Menachem Begin. Some of the things that he's done, the Abraham Accords and all the different Begin would have been proud. Begin would have been proud. Begin would have been proud. And uh, with those accomplishments, it's shocking that people constantly want to pull him down and take over themselves. I mean, Gidon Sar has been interested in Bibi's job I think since he was 11 years old, and <laughs> I don't think he stopped one day. Um, his wife also is very interested in Gidon Sar becoming prime minister. And I think, you know, the interesting thing is that 
the two guys challenging BB both worked in his office, whether right. it's Bennett right. or uh, Gidon Saar. It also tells us that, we always say this, and you warn us every time, don't believe the polls in Israel. If Gidon Saar is doing well, it's very possible that BB has better information that he's not doing as well as the press right. thinks he is. So. Right, right. The, the beauty of what's going on now with the Israeli government is you have two people that I think BB really likes that aren't in Likud, but are possible successors at some future date, meaning um, Yassi Kohn, the head of the Mossad, right. and Ron Dermer, the ambassador for the last four years, who is the brains behind so much of what's gone into the Trump relationship. It's, Ron is, is constantly thinking of new ways out of the box to accomplish peace, to accomplish things with the Arabs. I remember when I saw Ron um, it was four years ago. It's right after Trump took over. I was down in Washington, and I went to see him. And he told me that he's got meetings that day with the ambassador from the United Arab Emirates. This is four years ago, which, which is pretty amazing that it started maybe even way before then. And the, um, these talks are accomplishing a lot. I think there's much more to come uh, unless... Um, the new U.S. government, uh, if there is one, um, goes in the other direction, which would upset me, but upset, should upset all of us. But I think, um, I think there's still more to come. Well, look, you were very proud of our mission to Dubai, and you know the, the, the message we brought back. It is hard sometimes for young Jewish Orthodox children like myself who grew up in the 20th century to believe that there are Arab countries that really want sincere peace with Israel. BB proved it, Trump proved it, Dermer proved it, yep. and, and all of us watched as all this was going on. Amazing. You know, when I was, I, I took a trip in 1993, immediately after the Oslo Accords were signed, the Israeli government hired me, hired oh, me. Oh, I remember this, yeah. To go to the Arab countries right. and talk about, not peace, but to talk about business. Business, right. I remember between the this, U, right. Between the Israelis and, and the Arab countries. And the reaction we got was, it's not time, it's not time, it's not time. Particularly, you know, countries like Saudi Arabia. It's just amazing that from that point, but they did say at some point right. it will be. Yeah, and but so, it also shows us that Oslo was not the right model and right. Abraham was the right model. Exactly. That's really, you know, you come in with a position of strength, you're going to get a lot more done. Well, you know exactly. this. I mean, this is yeah, so no, obvious. I, I love hearing it. It's exactly right. I want to thank Arye Kunstler, who just donated 10 times high. He comes and entertain us, entertains us and then supports us, and I thank him very much. Phil, one of the disasters, and I think you'd agree that we're allowed to use that strong of a word. One of the disasters of COVID is there are no trips with Birthright Israel going to Israel, and that means that tens of thousands of students, many of whom reconnect with their tradition, many of whom encourage their family when they get back to reconnect with their tradition, many of whom, I heard this report yesterday on the Amudim event, many of them insist on marrying Jewish when they never thought of whether they should marry a Jew before they went to Israel. All that is gone for the period of a year. We need Birthright back no, as soon as true. possible. Birthright is the most successful Kiruv effort in the history of the Jewish people. Birthright has brought 750,000 people, Jewish people, to Israel and reconnected them with both Israel and their heritage. And it, the evidence, we have so much evidence, polling, studies, oh. 
that show that it works. The reports that you have on this are amazing. Yeah, the the fact that um, you know the numbers that marry Jewish uh, spouses bring up their kids Jewish. It's like something like an eighty-five to ninety oh. percent bring their kids overwhelming. Up Jewish. Uh, so, has there been a Zoom board meeting about yeah. when this is going to restart? Yeah. Or we have we have a regular um, board update, hoping um, that hoping and hoping and hoping. Um, I mean, we're we, not giving up on summer of 21, I hope. No, we have a wait list. Oh, good. We have a wait list of maybe seventy-five to 100,000 kids who want to go, who wanted to go this year, some of them, and some of them are eligible next year. The fact is, we don't have a date yet, but we're hoping it's even earlier than the summer of 21. We're hoping it's somewhere in the spring. I hope so. Um, really hope important so. because, as I always say, there are 100,000 kids that are eligible the first time every year. 100,000. Newly have, eligible. Newly eligible. We've taken 50,000. Now, I don't sleep at night because of the other 50. Right. Now I'm, you know. <laughs> now, now, unfortunately, now you're sleeping. Now I'm sleeping. Right. <laughs> because the whole, the whole organization, unfortunately, has been put to sleep for a yeah. while. But you uh, know what? We're still we're planning. Um, in Israel, they're making sure that the tour guides and the educators are busy um, with other missions so that uh, they keep up on top of their game and they keep, in, they keep alive and in, in, yeah. in business. That's you know, true. the fact is so many people are starving. You want to make sure that your people um, who contribute to the organization continue to be fine, and that's what we do. Phil Rosen is here. Before I ask him to, to do some pitching and tell everybody why it's important to support our efforts, there are people who may not be specific sponsors of specific projects, but they are such regular donors to us and supporters uh, that when we go on a trip like to Dubai, we know that they are with us and supporting us. With all that in mind, because Phil Rosen has been somebody who's been part of the backbone of this network for the last 20, 30 years, we have this limited edition I NSN Dubai 2020 it. shirt that I hope you'll accept. Love it. Definitely. And know that people like you were with us, even if you weren't with us, were with us when we were traveling I around the Arabian. Arabian, That's great. Arabian Gulf, right? Ar right, the Ar Gulf. Arabian Gulf, they call it now? Arabian Gulf. Can't say Persian Gulf anymore. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Thank you. I have to you. tell you, I, I've been to Dubai five times on business. That first trip was not business, and then five other times since then. Um, I'm a big fan of Dubai. I meet with the um, political leadership all the time. I meet with the business leadership. I have clients there that I've had as my clients for this for a bunch of years and um, Dubai is a great place it's a great place to visit everybody doesn't know that uh, Dubai is a country that was created out of the desert right literally a slight comparison to Israel they say when you think of modern Jewish history not, 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 we, have, we have it when it comes to the old days <laughs> right. we have the old it, days <laughs> when it comes to modern they don't Jewish have any history. old days that's correct they there's no desert, old days so over there it's amazing uh. that they created it and it's amazing that it's so open to Jews and to Israel right now. And now they're talking about 150 caterers and restaurants that will be kosher in Dubai. They're talking about a brand new mikveh in Dubai. They're talking about synagogues That's sprouting great. up. And the Chabad is increasing from five people in charge to 30 people that they'll have around the region, which is That's pretty great. Amazing. And if you look at the rabbis who are there, Rabbi Sarna sure. and um, Rabbi, Rabbi Abadi, Rabbi Abadi right. both um, really terrific people. I know... I know Rabbi Abadi for a very long time. He was on the board of Likud when I was uh, oh. when I was the chairman, 
He's and we were in Sheer together at YU. How do you like that? And we reunited in Dubai. Really, <laughs> to show you the craziness in this world. Amazing. Phil, today's Giving Tuesday. Encourage everybody to support us and keep us going. So let me let me just tell everybody out there. And thank you to whoever just gave us that approbation in the background. I appreciate that. <laughs> the um, the Nachum Siegel show and the NSN is absolutely essential for us for our future to keep us going, to keep us aware of what's going on. Um, and to inspire us. I think that uh, if you listen to the music, the music alone is inspirational. Nachum's words of wisdom, Nachum's guests and, and speakers are just up, up the wazoo, as they say in my language. <laughs> I mean, there, there are people on the list of, um, of live programmers that are just superstars of the Jewish community. That's true. If you think about it, yeah. to listen to Charlie Harari I, I would do that 24-7 <laughs> if I could. And with us, you can, actually. <laughs> with you, you can. <laughs> Maybe when I retire, that's <laughs> one go. of the things I'll do. <laughs> one of your goals. Um, but there are so many people on your list of uh, programmers. Just amazing. And you know what? I actually believe that people in power, people of influence, listen to your show and, and think through the issues. And that, I'm hoping, continues for a very long time. You have a government now in the United States that I pray to God listens to your show because they'll hear the truth rather than the stuff that they're hearing out there in the New York Times marketplace. So. I appreciate that very much. Everybody out there, keep us going. It's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Phil Rosen, continue your so, incredible work on behalf of the Jewish people. And before I finish, before I finish, I want to do 100 times Sky. Wow, um, thank you. To your... Uh, Thank you effort. very much. My pleasure. Unbelievable. And Thank you so much. I hope much. you continue for a very long time, and it's great to be here. This is the one time in the year that my wife lets me come to Got to Get a Bagel <laughs> because of the no bagel rule. You, 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 you better hope we show up here more often. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually a little worried she might pass by and see if I'm eating, so I think we're okay, but that's it. Thank you, so, Phil. One more thing. Yeah, sure. The Max hopefully will be back. We were talking Starting about it earlier January. today when Avi Lauer was here. I hope they'll be back in January. We need it. The international Jewish community that knows how well they represent the Jewish people needs the YU Max on it's, the court. It's so true. They bring such an inspiration. Oh, so much to, pride. Uh, to, Judy, to Jewish people. Yeah. I mean, if you saw how many people watched their playoff game yep. um, on video, how many people were waiting for that uh, Final Four game, yep. I mean... It's sad that that's one of the another one of the casualties of COVID. Obviously, not as bad as some of the right. others, but but they're still on that uh, bus on the way to Virginia. I'm telling you, they're yep, still there yep. waiting for that game to start. Amazing. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it will. Thank so you, Phil. My last word is yeah. Go Max, and thank you, Nachum, A very pleasure. much for all you do, and thank you for including me in the beauty of what you do. Appreciate that. Really very appreciate much. it. Thank you, Phil. Phil Rosen, everybody, Yeshiva University. American Friends of Likud, Birthright, and great causes like ours. And I thank him for that wonderful donation and encourage everybody to give at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and make our Giving Tuesday a successful Giving Tuesday. Thank you to Joan Leiser, a $100 donation that just came through. It's much appreciated. David Cutler is here. Would we speak to David Cutler in the month of December when we're so used to featuring him in July and August when we're doing Yom NCSY or broadcasting from NCSY Kola or one of the great programs in Israel? The answer is yes. We'll still bring him on during the winter months to get an update 
as to what's happening with our friends at the NCSY Summer Programs. David Cutler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I'm glad we're here in your neighborhood. Made it easy for you to get over here today. Absolutely. To our Very mobile tough act to follow, though. Following Mr. Phil Rosen, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. He is amazing. And yes, it is a tough act. But uh, I have a feeling you'll do very well, like you always do on the air with us. Uh, Nachum, so, is, it, is it too much to, to step on you for a second and say that we miss NCSY Summer? Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> Miriam Wallach and I, uh, about a week ago, we were sitting here, literally at that table. Where you a, can often find us, by right, the way. Right, having yeah. a meeting. And uh, Thank you, Joel. Yes, thank you, Joel. And we were reviewing what we missed in 2020, because obviously it's not just missing, but it, it's just, as we've described to our listeners a million times, it's revenue streams, it's things that are important to us that we weren't able to do, that were important to us financially, etc. And uh, when it comes to what we were scheduled to do, as usual, with NCSY in the month of August, to be at Yom NCSY, to be at one of the NCSY summer programs, to fly to Israel and have that experience, uh, we missed it. We missed it tremendously. And I know we don't compare to you. Right. You missed it more. <laughs> you missed it more. A we're lot not more. saying. I got it. <laughs> we're not saying. <laughs> but you but should know, for us, uh, for us, it's a big deal to be with you every single summer. <laughs> well, I leave to Israel 30 weeks from yesterday, just to give you an idea. So I'm leaving to Israel on Jul- Monday, July 12th. You so. have your ticket? I don't have my ticket, but I have my dates. I have my apartment. Hatzlacha. Um, Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. Earlier in the conversation, we were talking about how everyone is basically planning for the best and preparing for the worst. I guess on a weekly basis, you're looking at the vaccine COVID situation or even more regular basis than that because obviously the hope is that if enough of the U.S. and Israel is vaccinated or is believed to be safe from COVID, let's say by Pesach, or a few days or weeks after Pesach, that I would hope, and, and tell me I'm not guessing and that I'm accurate here, that I would hope would mean we could have a full-fledged, real NCSY summer, including Israel. So that is, that is what we're banking on right now. We, we, we hired a medical director in Israel, uh, who we just met with this week, and, and the news was very encouraging, uh, that really, God willing, the vaccination in Israel is going great, as far as their, their purchase and their plans as well. Uh, and the truth is, as long as most people are either vaccinated or have antibodies, we, we plan on having a full-fledged normal summer, including Yom NCSY. Because the Israeli authorities will allow you to Correct. have a normal summer. Absolutely. We have to be able to, we have to, be able to get in. Uh, we want to be able to travel around the U.S. also. But we're, we have, as of today, we have 1,948 <gasps> kids signed up. 1948, what a significant uh, yeah, number in Jewish Hashem. history. So we're just about at 2,000, which is going to be very yeah. exciting. Um, and we're hoping, you know, including Yom NCSY, to have as close to a normal summer as, summer as possible. It would be hard to believe that Israel could go well, but the U.S. would be a problem. Am I right that, that there are very safe ways to do travel, even in groups on buses in the United States? So, we're, yeah, we're, we're assuming that they'll be in the same, uh, the same ballpark in terms yeah. of that, 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 that's considering. So, um, no, we're optimistic. We're very, very excited. We're extremely busy. Like, like Mr. Rosen said, the kids... You know, on Birthright are no different than the kids, right. uh, the teenagers that need the summer so badly. And so, uh, so we're extremely excited. Um, <laughs> so now, the, 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 uh, as we talk about the summer and we wonder about, you know, how normal a summer we could have, we alluded to the fact in more than one conversation this morning that many children education-wise, and certainly with Birthright, have lost a year. Can you describe, let's say it was an outsider, not like myself, someone who doesn't, is not familiar with NCSY summer. Can you describe what that lost summer was like for so many children? Could you tell us 
what the greatest fears are among those people at the OU and NCSY about what a lack of an entire summer of summer programs might cause? It's a fantastic question. It's hard to put into words. Uh, when you think about it, it's devastating, to be honest with you, because we also we have so many kids from so many different walks of life. So even a, a regular quote-unquote yeshiva kid who's coming to Israel or, or one of our other programs and is so inspired by what we do over the summer, so they lost that. And they were they sat, had a summer, maybe locally, maybe working, maybe doing nothing. Some with NCSY, um, just not nearly as the same Some with NCSY, but again, not nearly the same. And uh, so for that, and, and we, we've heard from teachers and from parents how the kids just are not the same this year. The kids that would have experienced that, the, they're just not the same. And that's why, Baruch Hashem, we do have so many kids who normally post 11th grade and even post 12th grade who are coming with us this year because their parents and them re recognize what they lost and they don't want to lose it. They're giving up, a lot of them are giving up working for a summer and actually spending money on a summer Wow! Uh, because they understand that it's critical. It's now a critical transformative experience to come on one of our programs, generally post 10th grade, but we have people coming multiple summers now. So, and for a public school kid, you, you can't even describe what a kid who's unaffiliated and who was signed up to go to TJJ last summer, um, you know, what they missed out. You know, the chance uh, for them to, uh, to get inspired, to connect to their heritage for perhaps the first time, to keep their first Shabbos and come back and, and connect with NCSY. So we've done a good job in still connecting with those kids and making sure a lot of them are signed up for this year. But it's so hard to, to quantify what, what we've missed. And TJJ uh, numbers are up or down? Oh, way up. Way up. I don't get that. Yeah. I always talk about and wonder about public school families and parents allowing kids to travel to Israel. And in many cases, nobody in the family had ever been to Israel before. Now with COVID, I would think not knowing how a foreign... Again, we're familiar with Israel and we've been there a million times, but but not being familiar with how a foreign country's handling it and what they're hearing out of Israel, I would think it would discourage people, and you're telling me that the numbers are up. So to be honest with you, what we did is we offered everybody who signed up for a summer 2021 program full refunds until March 1st. Right, but still. therefore, So therefore, there, there's no risk whatsoever. To but they're committed your name to going if you're going, though. Um, yes and no. You have till March 1st to pull out with, with no strings attached, no questions asked. So... So look, we have a good reputation of being trustworthy and, and really putting safety first and foremost. We still we yeah, believe we, 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 we believe that there will be a serious spike once the vaccine becomes more, I guess, more of a reality and people are more willing to take it and, and people also demonstrate that there's going to be enough for everybody who wants one. We think there'll be a significant spike, especially especially in the public school world. Our day school programs are very close to maxed out. There's room, but very close to max. We think there'll be a significant spike in the public school world once the vaccine becomes more of a sure thing, God willing. Wow, unbelievable, I'll tell you. Uh, the work you're doing is incredible. Did you have to increase your staff, or have you decreased it during COVID? Oh, we increased it. You did increase tremendous your staff. Amount. We, we, we furloughed people over the summer, right. uh, Baruch Hashem, but we did it in a way that worked out really well for everybody, and uh, everyone was brought back. And we're, we're busy. The people that we, that we work with in Israel, they've increased their staff. I mean, we're, we're, we're projecting to have well over 2,500 people in Israel over the summer, including kids and staff. We need more and more accommodations than we've ever needed. Uh, so our, our staff has only grown. Our recruitment staff, our, our support staff here in New York uh, has only grown because we have more people that we have to support. So thank God. Uh, the date for Yom NCSY is 
Monday, July 19th. And the reason that I make a big deal about it is because I believe it's the day after Tisha B'Av. Am I right about that? That is correct. Tisha B'Av is being observed on... Oh, it's your birthday, ZK, July 19th. That's great. So we'll celebrate. (laughs) We may have to take ZK along on this trip. Someone break the news to Yoni. So it's the day after... You hear this, Miriam L. Wallach? It's the day after Tisha B'Av. Um, uh, Yom why Now, uh, under normal circumstances, if we weren't on the air, she and I would be spending the next five minutes figuring out exactly how we're going to fly did you, when. Did you read David Cutler my note? No, what does that note say? It says, say? so, Cutler, how early do you need us to be there? <laughs> I don't know. I have a schedule. So. June 1. <laughs> yeah, she's, talk- June she's talking about broadcasting from Israel for the entire summer. That's what she's talking Great. about. Right. Yeah. You know None of our family's listening. <laughs> That's what she wants. Right. Uh, but the truth is, we may end up flying on Sunday to above itself, which okay, we've done before. We How do, do you that like plenty. That? We do that plenty. Yeah, we've been on that flight, so who knows? Yeah. That could happen this time around. And have you booked the entertainment already for the 19th so of we, July? So we, we booked him. We have to confirm, but God willing, we hope it's going to be the same entertainment we had this past summer with... Nice. Uh, with Morty Schaap and Benny Friedman. Oh, that so was a great summer. live event. That was yeah, the was Zoom fantastic. event that everyone loved. We were just talking fantastic. about that show last night. At we, we have to confirm. But and you know the two plan. of them are like awesome. incredible they, chemistry. They were so yeah. great. Yeah. They were so great. So I can having them on that show was Ooh. great. So having them live in person. Sure. With, and it's going to be our, again, we're hoping to be in Yerushalayim this summer, God willing. That's the plan. And we, God we expect willing, Perry. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we expect that to be our biggest crowd ever. And it's going to be really unbelievable. David Cutler, how do people get information about NCSY they Summer? They call us. They call me and you. <laughs> and we say, what are you waiting for? About NCSY Summer So summer.ncsy.org um, is the way to get information. Uh, one thing I do want to discuss with you momentarily, sure. pr- briefly if we can, is yeah. we're very proud of the fact that we have programs for all sorts of kids, all kinds of kids, going all over the world. This summer, we're also proud to introduce what we would call affordable options. We, we, have, um, we introduced these two programs called Kadima. Uh, which are working with local programs right now with Camp Morasha and Camp Lavi for a post 10th grader who does not want to go away to Israel or Europe or travel or for whatever reason cannot we have a wonderful program that we are running in these camps um, that really is extremely 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 affordable Um, and correct and also it just really solves your issue of having an impactful summer, but yet it's still staying local and working with these camps. Right. Miriam's just showing um, us that there's an important deadline coming up at the end of December. Correct. Right. Correct. That, that is for our Chesed mission. That's right. another alternative. Right. So really, Baruch Hashem, the NCSY, as you know, is the youth movement of the Orthodox Union. And the OU is very, very focused on the community and the community well-being. And we wanted to really show for this summer especially that, great, if you can go to Israel, Europe, you know, all over the world, it's fantastic. But there are other options out there. And there's nothing wrong with spending a little bit less and going other places also. Right. With a lot of kids who like to work or who want to work or who have to work. So we're going to offer, and when you think about affordable, sometimes you think Pidievid, you think not right. so good. We're going to change that narrative. We're going to have affordable options that are top-notch, that are top-rate, that are impactful, that are incredible. And, and people are going to want to go on them, including we're working on a local EMT program here in New York and New Jersey. That you've never done before locally, That we've right? never done it. So we, a, a subsidized... Oh, that you're going to be overrun with requests so, so, for But that. a wonderful program that will have so, so un- incredible programming, but also you walk away with a significant, a, a real EMT certificate yeah. at the end of the summer. And it's it's not at all a bitty every way to spend the summer. Have uh, you opened that one up already? No, we're just about to. We're finalizing that in the next couple of days. God willing. We're finding we're out the next couple of days. 
And then we're also, at the end of the summer, we're going to run these chesed missions. We're going to basically, for someone who was working over the summer, or someone who came back, there's a large gap between camp and school this year. Right. So we're going to be running chesed missions to Puerto Rico. <laughs> there was Rico. a larger gap between school and camp. There really was. So we're yeah. going to be work, running missions to Puerto Rico, to Houston, to New Orleans, uh, to Florida, and to Houston. Um, and we're Baruch Hashem. So these chesed options are going to be opportunities for kids to end their summer on a real meaningful high in a very fun yet meaningful way for kids either again who were working over the summer and didn't get a chance to get away or for kids who came back and now want to finish their summer on, on a very meaningful high fantastic uh, so that's another way that we're you know we're, we're doing something it, in the community. it baffles me that every time you're on there's more news <laughs> every really time you're on there's something new going on thank god and these programs sound thank fantastic god. and we want to we want to really thank you for your partnership what you do for us you know we love we love I, I love talking to you on a regular basis we're coming on the show and you're you're a real partner with us with everything we do and uh, the summer would not be the same without you. So even, you. even the local program that we had this summer, the OMNCSY with you there, that was fun. wouldn't have been the same. And that obviously being in Yerushalayim is, uh, is much more special than we're looking for. But we thank you for, for what you do for, the, for us, for the Jewish community, for the OU, for the Jewish community. And my wife and I would like to give $360 oh, in, in, you. your, in your honor. Thank you very in your, much. In your team's honor for what you do for us. You're uh, great friends, great partners. And uh, I will not be buying a bagel like Mr. Rosen said. <laughs> Because my wife will, will not let me buy a bagel, but uh, we really we thank you uh, for Marilyn, everything you Marilyn, I do got for you us. back. Yeah. David, thank you very, thank very you. much. Thank Boy, uh, with that was all, really nice. With all the incredible work we've done together, having you as a supporter is extra special, and we thank you very much for that. Everybody out there, give at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and a special shout-out to Rai Baruch Bear Bender. Rai Baruch Bear Bender, thank you for being here today. He's, of course, from Achiezer, and he's visiting Gotta Get a Bagel this morning. And Moshe Hecht, who I have not seen in a while, is the Chief Innovation Officer of Charity.com. That's charity with a D. And he, I would assume, is one of the busiest men <laughs> in the Jewish world for the last year. Moshe Hecht, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's been, it's been a minute. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you being here. Am I right that you're one of the busiest people in the Jewish world over the last year? It has it been. It seems everybody has a charity campaign. Yes. It has been an interesting uh, uh, year. You know, when COVID started, it, it was a uh, ghost town for, for a little while. Yep. And um, everybody was just out of shock. People stopped raising. Um, but slowly, as the campaign started picking up, uh, few, several months ago, we saw something unbelievable that campaigns usually had a very eclectic, uh, you know, gamut of the different types of organizations going at any given time. Right. But when uh, people started coming out of COVID a little bit and started raising for COVID causes, it was as if the entire, you know, world was marching together, you know, hand in hand, raising for the same types of causes. And it started off with raising for life-saving causes. Right. And then it moved, and then every- Both and were, here and, the, and in Israel and yes, other parts of the world. everywhere right? in the whole world. Right. And then we started moving, once the life-saving um, um, organizations were funded, then it started moving to more volunteer, the Hatzalah type organizations. And now um, the appetite for giving, for asking has really, yeah. uh, you know, has regained. And now all organizations, thank yeah, God, and are, are schools and organizations and different educational efforts around the world. And Full now, gamut. of course, it's December, and we know that that's a very important time yes. for giving. And if you look at your website, 
whenever I would go to your website and check out the live campaign page, there would be, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 20 live campaigns going on, as you just said, with tremendous diversity, all different types of causes. Now, that page is endless. The page yeah. is endless. It just goes on <laughs> and on and on. Look, it, it must work. It must be really effective for these organizations. Otherwise, they wouldn't be hooking up with you to do all this stuff. Listen, I, I'll tell you one of the reasons why it works, Nachum, and that's why I'm here today. Um, first of all, first of all, I learned one thing before I came in, or how much of an amazing wife I have, who, who I don't have to ask to eat a bagel. <laughs> and, and I just admit you, you, you and me both. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, I just have a whole new appreciation for you, because everyone on the show till now said, my wife will kill me. I don't, so I don't know what, at what point in life does he start after asking your wife, but uh, I'm very happy about that. I have second, a wife who lets yeah. me go to Dubai. What do you think of that? <laughs> so... The second reason I'm here is actually to say thank you to, to you, Nachum, and to your show. And I'll tell you why. And we're talking about the success. A lot of times people ask, like, what is it? Like, you know, before charity came around seven years ago, sure, people were giving tzedakah and people were asking for charity. But something's happened. There's, right. a, there's been a huge phenomenon oh, yeah. in these public campaigns. And part of this phenomenon is planning the virality, right? And you can't see me, but I'm, quote, I'm in quotations. Um, and part of that planning of that virality, many, many weeks, many, many months, go into preparing uh, a campaigns that once it launches, it will ha hit a sort of a tipping point where it goes beyond the potential reach of that individual organization to go door to door. Right. And part of that is preparing for people who have 10x influence, for ambassadors, for, uh, for you know, people, influencers, uh, ambassadors, right. influencers, right. who have that microphone to be able to take campaigns to, to a much more public um, uh, setting right? right so when we and many times when we're working with campaigns who you have uh, promoted that have been here for interviews Yeshiva University uh, Neve Amudim um, the Hatzalas and it's countless organizations that you've either devoted full shows to or you've brought them and interviewed on the shows we actually little do you know <laughs> maybe you don't we plan those <laughs> those are weeks and weeks I'm saying when at this point at 7am you gotta be on Nachum Siegel because that's where the campaign's Smart gonna hit man. It. that's their campaign Smart going to hit a tipping point right. and many times you have tipped campaigns over into that into that viral sensation that they, they become so i'm here to tell you thank you for the causes that uh that you've promoted that you've amplified um and it's it's countless there's no and there's no knowing how many millions and millions of dollars you have helped to uh, facilitate you know one of the fun things that we love doing and i hope that when i say we miriam agrees with me <laughs> one of the things i certainly love doing is being part of the grand finales of these campaigns. It's very exciting. I know every campaign has a great grand finale. I, I, there's probably a percentage that's raised in the final hour or two that you could probably reveal to us if you wanted to. But that energy, when everyone's coming together and saying, okay, we now have one opportunity to get this campaign to its goal and look back and say, okay, now this organization is good for the next whatever it is, few months, a year, whatever the case may be. That's a very exciting time for me. Yeah, well, that, that just shows the, the power of the community, right? Yeah, that just that's shows true. the power of the of the individuals. That when you get that message out and you uh, it sh it goes viral to a certain thing, people come through at the last minute. What is it about the last minute? Do you have a percentage in your head or not? It's very high. Um, it, is it, it can't be over fifty percent, is well, it? Well, listen, some campaigns start strong, some right, some some true. end strong. Right. Uh, we try to have them start strong, but many right. things. Well, I think you know. Listen, giving tzedakah. Hashem knew this when he, you know, created this stuff. You know, it's the only mitzvah in the Torah that God says, you know, ch test right. me on this. Right. right? To, to not eat a cheeseburger, to 
God, God doesn't say, you know, if you don't eat a cheeseburger, test me. I'm going to give you ten times, uh, you know, uh, reward. Right. Because tzedakah is hard. It's it's not people work hard. They 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 you know it's their some people living check to check to to give to draw that money out of them is hard. So you really need motivation. You really need to see that a sense of community, a sense of impact. And in that last hour, it all comes together where it's like I can now help them reach a goal, move the needle. It's funny we talk about culmination, but maybe you're making the point that it really is a much more tangible culmination than we yeah. think right and it's and it's people people want to give but they also want to feel that they're making a maximum impact mm. and sometimes in those final moments they feel like okay here's where i can get best bang for my buck and really make a difference for the organization people like being heroes that's and right. that's one way to be a hero that's right uh, moshe hecht is with us i hear you started actually running and i'm talking about not a <laughs> campaign i'm talking about physical running and that's become a very important part of your life yeah so um i so it started uh, a few months ago i started uh, Finishing up on a book that I'm that I'm um, going to be coming out within a few months, uh, called "Decoding the Crowd," um, and we I studied and um, basically created a science from some of the biggest crowdfunding campaigns in history, starting from the Mishkan, which is the the first major crowdfunding campaign, right. all the way to the Ice Bucket Challenge. And one thing I noticed in a consistency in all of these global major campaigns was that it was started by one person, one individual. Who's either crazy enough to think that this, that 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 you know that the cause uh, uh, is something worthy to do something, but also that one individual really just challenging themselves, um, and in many different ways that th that they were really challenged themselves to start these viral uh, campaigns. And you would argue that every charity campaign really starts with one person, if you look back in the history of well, all. Well, yeah, of I mean, right. it, it, every charity campaign right. starts with usually that director of development right. or that or that founder right. who yeah puts it online. I mean, people right. yesterday I'm with them like. Most of those people are giving because it's Sweet Luck, right? right? Uh, because they see what type of champion he is for, 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 for the cause. Right. So I decided um, that I have to, in my passion to learning and understanding and developing these methodologies of public fundraising, of crowdfunding, I decided that, that my next stage in learning is actually doing it myself. So I thought to myself, what would be the greatest uh, challenge for me? Okay? And that would be to do an Ironman. I am not a physical person. I am not because that is what because I'm going to tie that in with a with a fundraiser and with a major challenge down the road, where I'm challenging myself um, for the cause of mental health. So I have um, um, uh, I suffer with um, some um, mental health issues, um, and exercise, physical exercise, is something that yeah. That, but that, exercise that and Iron Man are two <laughs> different things. Right. Well, I'm an extremist in that way. Where have you I, tasted the Iron Man competition so, yet? So I've I've done the first um, my first triathlon, um, an Olympic length triathlon. I did. So it's uh, when uh, this was. Uh, four or five months ago. How did it go? It went fine. Um, Nothing um, needs a blink. A, month, uh, finished, a mile of swimming. <laughs> you finished a triathlon. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it was. I mean, it was pretty easy. It was a mile of swimming, twenty-five miles of biking, and then six miles of running. In March, I'm going to be doing a half uh, a half Ironman, which is a mile and a half of of swimming, then uh, fifty miles of biking, and then a half a, a half a marathon. That's half, and then the full Ironman is <laughs> two and a half uh, miles of swimming. 120 miles of biking and then a full marathon. This is why he can eat as many bagels as he yeah. wants, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I didn't. I, so in the beginning, when I started, I said, "What would be something that, if I would challenge myself to the umph degree, 
um, and then perhaps tie that in at a later point with um, different organizations, with different causes, which I'm working on. We're in the early stages now of, of working on that. Um, and then to get other people to take on similar types of challenges have for other, their causes. Have others done so? Well, we're talking to, to <laughs> a um, few people. This is pretty amazing. And... Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I won't talk about taking it to the extreme. What can I tell you? I mean, you, you admitted it, so it's not like I could challenge you on that. You admitted that this is an extreme way of handling it. How has training for the triathlon, or the Ironman more accurately, how has it changed your mental health, if I oh, may in, ask? In, 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 ma in major ways. Um, it, um, it, it, it gives you a very strong anchor for your day. It keeps you very, very centered keeps you um, in, in you know, the, all the dopamine and, and, and all the chemicals that are going through your brain. It's a natural medication. And um, when you do a, a nine-mile run and then you do an ice bath after on a Sunday morning before noon, um, your day is completely different. Um, and you do that every day and you train towards that every single day. I'm healthier. I'm, I'm more present. I'm more centered. So it's, it's I mean, This it's interview no would be different a couple of years ago, you're saying, from oh, yeah. your perspective. Oh, it'll yeah. be different. Yeah. Um, when's the book coming out? Um, in a few months. Don't, don't have a, Does it have a, a title or not? A, a decoding the Crowd. Oh, Decoding the yeah, You mentioned that. Decoding yeah. the Crowd. Okay, very good. We look forward to that. And uh, everybody out there, I guess you would continue to recommend if you want to do some great work for your organization. Yeah. I, wanna, I actually want to share uh, sure. a, a, a message I got yesterday. Okay? In, on, on this note of the Nachum Siegel Network being an amplifier of good. So yesterday you uh, um, were um, promoting Amudim, right. uh, uh, MC on Amudim. So I want to share something um, um, for Amudim. I know we're, we want, we're, this is about funding your organization, but I know right. you'd be happy Please. For, me, for us to talk about <laughs> every, every day all we do is talk yeah. about other organizations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're uh, experts at fundraising for other people. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to fund, fund, um, that's fund you guys because you guys are an amplifier <laughs> of, all, of all of these causes. And I know you'd be, appreciate me telling this. So just to give some background, a few, um, this was uh, two years ago, I got a call from a young lady um, and I'm not going to say names. Obviously, we're going to keep everything anonymous. Um, a young lady in the Jewish community. Um, she's, her husband is um, suffering with major mental health issues, needs to go uh, to extensive uh, therapy, was abused as a, as, as, as a child. And she calls me and she says, Some, a friend of mine told me that you're the guy to help me raise $40,000 to send him to uh, therapy. I said, oh, no. I'm not the guy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like every organization that we work with has an established right. donor base, Correct. has a mission, has years of, of has of departments fund, that deal with have this. Have fundraising, right. have fundraisers. You are you're just a, an individual family. Now this wasn't like a big. Uh, it wasn't a Hecht family. Right. This wasn't a big uh, <laughs> family. This didn't have a donor base, and to make it. The worst case scenario is that they needed to stay anonymous, right. so we couldn't even put a picture of the family right. or anything. So, based on every single thing that we've learned and taught at charity of what take what it takes, the vetting process you had to do the takes, opposite. <laughs> this campaign didn't have. So this right. was in, in our books the impossible campaign. Right. While I was speaking to her, I thought to myself, "She's calling me, and nobody can pull this off." And then I thought to myself, "Well, there is one person who can pull this off, and that's me, because if anybody with my experience." can make this happen with my experience with my network can make it happen so I got off the phone the first person I called was Svi Glock okay and Svi and I sat on the phone for about an hour and a half and we devised the plan okay 
Um, Svi, first of all, just from a simple legal standpoint, we were able to use his legal structure to be able to raise money for an individual right. and to give, uh, to give receipts. Then Svi raised money. Then we came up together with a, a plan of putting a bunch of Jewish uh, community leaders as the face of the campaign, as backing Svi included, and many other co Jewish community leaders from that community and broader community to say, like, we vouch for this, for this campaign. We put their pictures, we came with press releases. I mean, I spent two weeks working on this campaign. They raised the $40,000. This person went to therapy. I got an email from his wife, who's the one who called me two years ago. This was two days ago. She sent me this message. Hi, Moshi. How are you? Not sure if you remember me. Two years ago in October, I reached out to you for help. A friend of mine, let's call him Mendy, recommended I get in touch with you regarding raising funds for my husband's treatment. Together with Amudim, you helped us raise $40,000. On Hanukkah 2018, I was notified that the full amount of, of, was raised, and we can start making arrangements for his treatment. It was a year of hell. With treatment plans changing multiple times, he was away for many months over the year, and it was a huge turmoil. Last Hanukkah, we had the honor of sharing with our families that we have a baby on the way. This Hanukkah, we lit the menorah with our almost six-month-old son in our new home in Hallandale Beach, Florida. We named him Nathaniel Raphael. God gave healing. We moved last month, and I started a new position at a level one trauma center, and her husband has been absolutely incredible. Literally a dream husband. He holds down the fort at home, is very involved dad, takes care of baby, and been a huge help, both practically and emotionally present and available. Two years ago, I would have laughed if anyone told me he'd be so reliable, helpful, and both physically and emotionally present. Never mind having a family of our own. I was sure it would never happen for us. He's an incredible man who's doing really well. He's confronted his abuser, stands his ground, and holds his boundaries with what he expects of his abuser. He's been doing better with his physical health and has been much more motivated as well. I'm immensely grateful to you for helping us get to treatment, which uh, helped us... Uh, sorry... I don't know how else I can express my gratitude. While I think of this off of Hanukkah specifically as a week, I spend an immense reflection in the drastic changes in the last two years. I'm humbled by how wonderful and generous you were to complete the strangers. Thank you for making our lives so much brighter. And she signs off. Wow. So he made that happen. He was the first person that I called because I knew that together with him, with my experience and with his network and with his experience, we'd be able to raise $40,000. Save the family. Literally, Save the family. Literally. Literally. Saved a life, a yeah. wife, and a family. Yeah. And so much of, of, of what he does is, is, is like this. Stories that no one will ever hear about. You know, just a phone call. And, 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 and they're and, not allowed to hear about it in often right. cases. Um, and um, Nachum, you've been an amplifier of these causes for, I mean, even before us, obviously. But Appreciate now that. your impact has is so much a greater impact. So um, everybody should um, give as much as they can. Um, to this uh, Giving Tuesday fundraiser. Thank you so much. Great seeing you, Moshe Hech. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your inspiration. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AchimSiegel.com and the AchimSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Get to fjbunity.org, everybody, fjbunity.org, and give generously, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. What are these white dogs doing in the city? Are they lost looking for meaning? Flying so pretty in this cold, dark city. Bye, you mean.
righteous men we used to follow. Are my actions random? Are they kind? I can't see the reaction. Is my faith blind? Does my blind faith mine? Moshe Hecht, who just inspired us with uh, his words, with a song that he wrote and sang and released years ago, Inspire Me, off of his uh, album entitled Heart is Alive. JM in the AM, final hour. Final hour of a five-hour JM in the AM. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Look at the youthful crowd that's addicted to great Jewish radio. They couldn't leave. They tried to leave. They couldn't. They're addicted to great Jewish radio. Michael Fragan is here. In addition to being a member of the Nahum Siegel Network, he is Deputy Mayor of Lawrence. Is that accurate? Still. Deputy Mayor of Lawrence, New York. As of this morning. How would how would people judge your performance as Deputy Mayor? What do you think they would say about uh, Stellar. Yeah, but they would they give you would they give you five stars? Approval rating. Well, look, (laughs) we do one thing extraordinarily well. And that is clear the snow. Seriously? Yes. And that's not an easy area to clear, frankly. It's not easy, but comparatively, and I don't want to call into question on any of our sister areas here on the uh, especially on the Nassau a, especially side. as we sit here in Woodmere and the Nassau side <laughs> yes but you know compared to Cedarhurst town of Hempstead and particularly New York City uh, they make us look really really good when it comes to snow re- removal New York City New York City Farakway literally you can oh. drive you drive from Lawrence oh, okay. into cuz I was explaining to my kids the other and day it's, it's like a different world as far as cuz I was explaining to my kids the other day that you will never see snow removal like you see in Manhattan but you're talking about other boroughs and areas. There are other yeah. boroughs. I know. But Manhattan, I, boy. I, I, know, woo! I know. They are out before the flakes hit the ground. I know that Lower East Side boy you <laughs> That's know, right. still thinks that Manhattan is the center of the universe. <laughs> That's but uh, there are four other boroughs. If your phone number starts with a 212, you're the envy of everybody in your high school class. <laughs>
class. It's as simple as that. Okay. <laughs> still thinking about high school. That's great. Well, I, 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 I'm talking about my kids. Being no, no. In high but school. I was looking at the high school guys go to class at ten ten in the you, morning. You know why it is? Because the kids in their high school class think they live in Times Square, so they think it's the coolest thing in the world. I got to tell you, having got to get a bagel as your uh, school cafeteria. Yeah, that, that is fantastic. That was a little. Well, you thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a little strange. Doesn't school start like before ten a.m.? That's what it was. Why? Well, I guess you know you got davening learning. You got I the guess. first and first seder. Okay, yeah. so there you go. I mean, you know, make sure you get. I mean, this is look. This is a great place. I mean, people can't stay away. What did you think of the Republican Revolution in the last election out here on Long Island? Well, uh, we had some ups and downs. Uh, oh, I thought only ups. No, no, we did very, very well in uh, with the congressional seats yeah. around the state. We had some s- unexpected. Uh, some unexpected. I th- well, not expected. Look, the bar was set very extremely low. Right. Right. Remember, That's we were true. going into 2020 after 2018, which was a big blue wave, and everybody said, "Oh, it's going to be an even bigger blue wave," because in fact, you have. Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, right. and then you were going to see a wipeout, essentially, of the Republicans in New York State. That, in fact, didn't happen. Uh, every single Republican in- incumbent won in Congress, and they picked up, it looks, well, one of the one of those races is actually still not over, believe it or not. Oh, right. Upstate that's New York. Right. Claudia Tenney, Anthony in Guigisi. In Catmissora's district. Yeah, that's Kat right. Catmissora's district. That's Guilford, correct. New Guilford, York. New York. Wow. Who, I guess that's the claim to fame uh, <laughs> of, uh, for, of for Chenango Cla- County. For Claudia. <laughs> For Claudia Tenney and I said to my Anthony kids, "You got to invite her to camp when she wins this thing." You know, if the Camasora population had registered up yeah, there no and joke. voted, um, no you know, joke. But I don't know if you know, our governor didn't allow the camp to open this summer. Do we know that? I haven't heard. Governor Cuomo yeah, made governor restrictions Cuomo. on yes, the Orthodox on community that specifically camp. hurt the Jewish people. Terrible. I, I don't think Governor Cuomo would do something like Terrible that. It's not in character for him to make these rash decisions do I have to be, and then get overturned by the Supreme Court and that kind of thing. <laughs> do I ever have? Do I have to come to the reality? That the state senate and state assembly will never be Republican again. Well, it depends how much the Democrats overreach in the Senate. I think that's uh, they could I, make a mistake that will sw- and end up swinging look, things with the voters. Look, the, the the real imbalance in New York is not just about. Oh, but I, I have to finish off just the yeah, Claudia sure. Tenney Brindisi right. race. Okay, uh, uh, County. Anthony, right, Central New York, the right. Mohawk Valley, Utica, right. Binghamton, twelve votes. Right. Separate them. Twelve votes separate them. So if anybody out there is listening and thinks that their vote, once again, I know we've said this before, uh-huh. thinks that their vote does not count. They are wrong. They are wrong. Painfully wrong. Right. Okay. Back to your question. Senate and Assembly. Look, uh, you know, New York is becoming, if you live outside of New York City in the immediate suburbs, um, even in New York City we're seeing flight. I mean, New York is on track to lose two congressional seats in the in the in the decennial census coming up. Uh, we will lose potentially huge representation in Congress. People are leaving New York and going to other states. What states will gain? Uh, well, Texas, as usual, gain. Probably Florida will gain. You'll see a lot of uh, you know, Sunbelt states. Will California lose? It's unclear. There has been flight from California, but California continues to replenish itself. Right, that's uh, with it's, New Yorkers, probably. And uh, you know, it, but there has been a flight from Silicon Valley. It's been write, written about that uh, you have companies moving to Idaho and right. to Denver and to uh, Atlanta's uh, been a big uh, boon. Tennessee's also exactly low co- low cost, low regulation states. Eventually, New York is going to have to come to the realization, and Albany is going to have to come to the realization, is that when you continue to lose population, people continue to vote with their feet right. and take their dollars with them that you have to start 
rethinking how you approach taxation. So relate that to overreaching the Senate, meaning if the Democrats in the Senate do that overreaching in the tax category, you mean? Is that what you're saying? Look, I think that you have, uh, in the presidential years, you've often had Democratic pickups, big Democratic pickups, and this year was no exception, and I think you had a huge surge in voting, I mean, massive surge in voting throughout the state, um, particularly when it came to uh, paper voting. Uh, 2022 midterm year that tends to be a better year for uh, that tends to be a better year for the quote unquote uh, opposition. Well, yes, generally the opposition right. that always seems to be because people uh, are against right. our, our voters are always against what's in there, <laughs> right? right? They're I mean, voting always, for what's against, right? They're always you know people the people who are angriest are the people who are unhappy with uh, and those people tend to vote a, a little bit more. We That's al- always we been always the trend. Forget this. So it's perhaps I mean that happened. There was a big Republican you know. Republican sweep uh, back in two, not uh, 2010, in 2014, you saw Republicans sure. pick up seats. Uh, look, it's been it's difficult. You'll see from 2021, which you have local elections throughout the state, you'll have to see, uh, and those focus a little more on tax issues, a little more less on those national big issues. Mm-hmm. You'll have to see whether uh, Republicans can mount a comeback and in, in some of these areas. And bring- look, it wasn't all bad news. As I said, Anthony, Anthony uh, I'm sorry. Andrew Garbarino won to succeed Pete King. He was not expected. He had millions of dollars thrown out of it. And everybody was angry that Pete King was leaving, and that, thank God there was correct. a— uh, uh, Lee Zeldin won, and he was expected right. to be close. That wasn't no, close they, they at all. They thought that was 50-50. They thought that was 50-50, yeah. and his opponent was a mega millionaire, right. a, multi, uh, uh, you know, a hedge fund uh, a hedge fund professor uh, at Stony Brook University. She threw millions of her own dollars in there. It was expected that she, he was going to have a tough race. John Katko up in the Syracuse area was expected to lose. It was That was a Clinton district. That was a uh, So he was expected— to to lose. He held on um, and, and won quite handily. And you have this uh, election, and, and Nicole Maliotakis, somebody that we know, right. uh, won in Staten Island quite convincingly against a tough opponent, Max Rose. Uh, but won not even, even that close. So, and that was to see Republicans a loss in 2018. So all in all, look, on, on, on balance... Uh, it was a decent night for the Republican Party here in New York. It could have been much better had they held on to more state Senate seats. Some of them were very, very close. Uh, quite a few of those races were less than 1,000 votes. Do you agree that the race for mayor of New York City is critical this time around? I think New York has some huge structural problems, New York City, right now that they're facing. Uh, whoever is the mayor, I think a lot of voters have to think long and hard about who they want. Do you want an ideologue, a la Bill de Blasio, in there who basically is – only has his own agenda agenda in mind right. and none of the practical interests in running a city, a very complex right. operation. Uh, or do you want somebody who can make the train? Or I say they don't operate the trains, but make the <laughs> right. sa- the sanitation plows <laughs> right. run on time. The state's going to okay. be after you on that okay. one. <laughs> as, as, as in the words of the great Fiorello LaGuardia, there is no Democratic or Republican way to pick up the garbage. Correct. And that really should be on the minds practically. Is there a candidate who could fill the role you just I, described? I don't, I don't have that candidate in mind. It's the, it's the other side of the... It's the other side of the aisle from my from my perspective as far as uh, I don't know that th- there isn't a strong Republican in there looking uh, or to, even to a Republican run. ideology. But I think there will be I think there will be somebody, but it's really going to be a battle of ideological. You have the other the ideolo- ideological polar opposites within the Democratic Party, pa- practical governance versus hard 
left ideology. You see the Democratic Socialists of America are doing a huge push to make the city council socialist. Not even Democrat, not even progressive. The progressive caucus is not even socialist enough for them. And think about their agenda. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, let's increase taxes even more. Let's boycott Israel. We'll be the only city to not allow elected officials to visit <laughs> the state of Israel. All other can major you imagine, cities around the U.S. have delegations Can going. you imagine such a thing? But that is their litmus test to right. say that a group in New York City, the most Jewish city in the world, okay? I'm saying non, non-majority non Jewish city in the world, right. okay? Would would have a vocal constituency that would say, as an elected official, you may not visit Israel. There's another problem in New York, and that is uh, demonstrated by what happened two nights ago. I don't know if you heard, but a Hatzalah member had his car broken into, all his, all his um, equipment stolen, a lot of damage, etc. But I, I bring it up because I think it's emblematic of the direction we're going in. We remember the crime wave of the early 90s, late 80s, etc., where I had multiple cars stolen in Manhattan overnight in different episodes where people had smashed windows on a regular basis, where there was wanton crime all over the place. That is the beginning of the end of a major successful city, and we're seeing it already. Yeah, I I think that so much of the economic uh, expansion and the economic success that we've enjoyed, and that Bill de Blasio as mayor has actually enjoyed uh, over most of his term, has been due to keeping New York City safe and keeping neighborhoods safe. And when neighborhoods are safe, they expand and they have new opportunities and there's more housing for everybody. Tourism Uh, booms. uh, Tourism booms. But you have a lot of desperation out there. Um, There is a lot of desperation uh, because of COVID and because of the economy. And it's something that... But also a police force that's less interested. Well, I was just going to get to that. I think No, absolutely. And and what we saw over the summer, uh, which is, I think, a huge overreaction, um, obviously the... Police brutality is tragic and, and inexcusable. Uh, but the overreaction of letting people vent their anger <laughs> by, by wanton looting and stealing, somehow that's justifiable. Uh, it's, it's just, and you let it's that go. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, how do you call yourself? I mean, and look, I don't want to harp back because he just passed away. But unfortunately, and David Dinkins admitted this himself, his legacy will always be tarnished. A, a, an incredible legacy of public service, yeah. actually, and a great friend of the Jewish people. And a David good guy. Dinkins, and a, a good, good guy. A, a great guy, a real yep. mensch. David Dinkins will always be tarnished by Crown Heights yep. by that decision, whether it was yep. his or whether it was Lee Brown, the yep. police commissioner, to let the people vent. I mean, that is just the idea that somehow, you know, I need to vent. Let me go smash your window. Well, go smash your own window right. then. Go smash your, go loot your own house then. Okay? You know, I need to vent. You know, don't, you can't go ahead and ever justify taking it out on somebody else. And then, you know, of course, uh, defunding the police, which is, it's just so absurd even to think about. That's the idea is that somehow, okay. And hurts every neighborhood. And hurts every every neighborhood. Can you imagine if we would do do that? And, you know, Corey Johnson had his mayoral campaign. This is how crazy some of the politics in New York City is. Had his mayoral campaign ended before it even started because, as the city council speaker, he didn't divert enough money away from the NYPD, who are everyday heroes. And we've seen also a whole bunch of NYPD officers retiring and moving out. A whole, a whole bunch, uh, several dozen, have just decamped for Nassau County for lower pay to start off. Uh, a lot of retirements, a wave of retirements. How do you get police officers to serve every day? And we're, we're I mean, I'm incredibly proud of. 
the 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 job that the Nassau County Police Department has done um, incredible led by Commissioner Pat Ryder a, a real hero you should know of both COVID as well as uh, of, of community relations uh, a great asset to to everybody here so I'll just have to throw that plug in there but how do you <laughs> expect these guys to risk their life if they feel that the community doesn't have their back during the height of the BLM riots how come the Farakaway gathering turned out to be a peaceful one between diverse groups. And how come Central Avenue was spared? I, this is in the realm of not just fake news, but the absolute hysteria, which I, I get the kernel of truth behind it, meaning that for weeks people had seen wanton looting going on in Manhattan. And people got wind because of social media and text messages, et cetera, that somehow things were gonna, going to be done based on this rally. This rally was going to be a... Uh, Their signature rally for BLM. Right, it was going to be a rally here in Farakway, right. and people are going to be coming from around the city, right. and they're going to converge here, and they know there are wealthy neighborhoods next right. door, and they're going to come. And well, there were some tense and moments, you'd and, have to and, agree. And pillage. Um, that led to a full-scale mobilization right. of, of the Nassau County Police Department, and thankfully. Uh, curfews, which we've never, ever had in, in the villages here in the five towns. Uh, curfews. You yeah, were not allowed I, I to go it. outside after six after six I get o'clock. it, but if you look and, at the video and, and, of the encounters at that rally, it could have gone one way or another, I, and it ended up being a pretty peaceful get-together. I, I didn't see anything at that rally. I mean, I didn't attend because it was actually after the curfew, but I know people who did, and a number of people from the Jewish community did, from the from the firm community in Who made a very positive contribution, made by the way. Made a very positive yeah. contribution. I mean, I see a great picture of Yankee Brock walking arm-in-arm arm with Correct. Greg Meeks. A uh, beautiful picture of the two of them doing that and there's no reason as Jews as firm Jews we shouldn't support sure. uh, our neighbors yeah. we shouldn't support our neighbors if they feel that they have uh, been wronged uh, you know look, we'd expect the same thing I support them. I support the police doesn't mean the police are infallible Correct. doesn't mean the police can't make mistakes Correct. and there can't be and, and there can't be a sense of wanting to redress certain issues so you're saying it was all but hype and you never feared well, that it could I'll, escalate to I'll a give bad you this point. absolutely you prepare for the worst right as a government you prepare right. for the worst the same way as if there's a hurricane coming and it ends up being nothing you know you're not going to get blamed right. if you took the proper steps and proper right. precautions by the same way if you see a pandemic coming and it ends up being nothing unfortunately right. That's not what we're having now. Right. But you prepare ahead of time. You get the PPE in place. You do all this stuff. You know, nobody ever died of an over-response. That's, that, that's what... But having said that, <laughs> the rumor mongering even afterward and while it was going on, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. A prominent rabbi called me that night. Okay? If somebody had posted on Facebook, some random person posted on Facebook. A totally random person. Nobody who you, would, you could even identify as a real person. Okay? Said that the Atlantic Beach Bridge was raised because a mob was trying to cross right. into Atlantic Beach. Right. Never happened. The real story is? It never happened. The bridge never even went up. <laughs> I, spoke to the, I spoke to the head of the bridge authority. He said we never even raised the bridge. There was nothing ever happened. There was no effort to come to the five towns. It never happened. Totally peaceful. Nothing ever happened. But yet, in most people's consciousness, that actually happened. People think because it was sent around and repeated and so went viral, no many doubt. times, people think that that happened. That actually happened. Michael Fragan, I thank you. We're here today to remind everybody to give and support yes. us for the year-end donation. Absolutely. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and be as generous as possible. And I thank you for your service to us and to the community. Yes, yeah, so Nachum, this is a uh, 
absolute unique platform. I mean, one of a kind. You're one of a kind, as you know. <laughs> I I didn't come. You didn't you didn't invite me here <laughs> to talk about how great Nachum Siegel is and the Nachum Siegel Network, but the team here and and what they put together on a daily basis uh, for not just not just entertainment but information that you can't get anywhere else, that nobody else is going to provide if you don't find it here. It's an it's a incredibly uh, unique platform, particularly in this day and age. And when I, I was kind of having that segue with regard to misinformation. I mean, people believe actually as a historical fact that this happened, that there was a mob headed for the five towns when it in fact never happened. And you have to go to credible people, people who've been around for 30, 40 years who've been doing this, who are credible voices like Nachum Siegel. And you and this is where you should be, as in the Orthodox community, in the From community, you should be getting your news and information right here. Not only right here, right. but this is the kind of voice of, of a person who, who takes it seriously, who takes the world seriously, who takes our community seriously. And you got to support this platform. People out there should be thinking, if you want to talk about the Jewish people and our community, this is a platform that we can all embrace and work on and listen to together and support together. You know, as you say your words, I think of Rabbi Sachs, a leader who had such respect from everybody. Right. And you knew when he opened his mouth two things. Number one, the truth was coming out. But number two, as a Jew, you never had to fear that he would say something that would embarrass you. Never. And we try to emulate that to, you know, we have fun and, and you know, we ha- it's, it's a, it's, I mean, we, we have fun doing this, you know, but nonetheless, we try very hard to exhibit tremendous Jewish pride and send out the truth in a respectful and positive manner that will make Jewish people proud. Absolutely. And, and the truth is, I, the truth is, I mean, the real truth is, is that people have to, I know that there's a lot of tendency in our community, particularly around politics, right. <laughs> to take more and more extreme positions that are not grounded and founded in, in reality. And I know that there's a lot of things that we would wish that certain things would have happened or th- certain things will happen. But we actually have to think about the fact that there is a reality out there and uh, we, as as journalists, you know, I'll I'll throw myself into the journalist uh, category. Into the journalist category, we <laughs> have responsibility to say things that are that are real. And and bottom line is, uh, when we talk about this, it's it's serious. When we get on the air, you have a responsibility to say the things. Oh, if only that, people in the media understood that, oh, that they have a responsibility. Well, well, because, I wish. Because why? If we're in a day and age that any yokel can get up there yeah. and have a, as we've seen in our own community, for sure, and any YouTube, uh, you know, put themselves yep. on YouTube and say whatever they want. I mean, yep. I figure if I say something out of turn, I get a call immediately from Miriam Wallach and say, <laughs> "Hey, what the heck did you do? You know, you can't." say that. But nobody else has checks and balances, yeah, huh? No, no, it's true. They definitely don't. And I think that being having that responsibility, I was going to say, I wanted to get to the end, is an awesome responsibility. And it's something that you have done with your reputation over the decades, have done uh, have done incredibly well. So thank you for being thank there you. for the community, for being there for me personally, but being there for all of us. And it's, uh, it's really great. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Atlanta goes to the Democrats or Republicans. I mean, Georgia goes to the Democrats or Republicans. I, I think things revert back to the mean. And I think the Republicans will uh, will win. I think that unfor- I think uh, it's way closer than it should be. And uh, we'll know what January third it is. Or January it's January fifth. January fifth. January fifth. And the electoral college convenes on January sixth. Not the electoral college. Excuse me. 
Congress convenes right. to ratify the Electoral College on January on the 6th. 6th January. Some people would probably think that, you know, still think that the Electoral College has not met yet, but in fact it has. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Michael Fragan, everybody, fjbunity.org. Support JMNAM. It's Giving Tuesday. It's time for a year-end donation. It could be a monthly donation or a one-time donation. Go to fjbunity.org, and we thank you. This is a piece conducted by our next guest at JM in the AM. that up for a minute, uh, ZK. Keep that up because the guest that we're about to introduce is giving a speech and now is leading the orchestra in an amazing piece. I wonder if he remembers it. It's part four of the Philharmonic Experience from 21 years ago this month. Yisrael Lam, welcome back to JM in the AM. Great to be back. Does it sound familiar at all? Do you remember uh, that concert from 21 years ago? It sounds so familiar. You're serious? Yeah. Can, I mean, you, can you redo in your head the Philharmonic Experience, that album? Could you, I, could you like if, I, if you started hearing it, could you do the rest of it? We did so much work on it. We spent so many hours on it. I mean, I, I know the thing by heart. You do know it by heart. Yeah. And it's funny because, obviously, the new generation, a lot of people, a lot of kids out there, youngsters, don't even understand or realize that at one time that was such a centerpiece to the world of Jewish music that you were able to take Jewish music-themed selections, right, the tunes, obviously, not the words, and set it in a philharmonic setting. As you look back at it, I, you must be very proud of that accomplishment. I... I think it's one of the crowning achievements of my musical career. I mean, to stand, to arrange for a 64-piece orchestra and stand in front of them and conduct, and when you wave your hand and they respond to you, it, it's a high like no other, you know. Unbelievable. The legend Yisrael Lam is here. You were part of uh, the Holy Squares this past Sunday night. 
Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that experience. I became a holy <laughs> it all of a sudden. <laughs> holy it is right. And um, uh, everybody out there, you should know that uh, Yisrael was a uh, was a an active participant and enjoyed it very much, just like I hope all the other Jewish music stars did. Uh, we're raising money for JM and the AM and the Nachum Single Network. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. In all seriousness, do you ever think what Beethoven or Mozart would have said if you played them Yisrael Lem's Philharmonic Experience? Did you ever think how they would react to it? Did you ever think, would they even consider this quote-unquote classical music? Have you ever thought of that? Like what they would think of it? I really never thought about it. Uh, Did any classical... I'll tell you what I think they would have said. Nice try, kid. (laughs) See, I don't want want to agree because it it would seem terrible to do that to a guest. But I don't know if they would have considered it a... No, no, they, they were... That, their classical music, you know, what we call their classical right. music, that music was such a, on a, such a high level. It's uh, you know, incomparable. And remember, when you released this, when you released this, it was, in, it was, was it after the era already that America had discovered, quote-unquote, Beethoven music through the rock and roll medley that was released. Remember there was a big rock and roll medley yeah, of Beethoven Yeah, they bought, bought the Carlos and some people were doing... Uh, Hooked on Classics. Yeah. Hooked on Classics. But that was way before 99, that was, right? That was before. Maybe but 10 years before. Yeah, so. but we didn't do it that way. We did it. Le- we tried to do it legit classical. We didn't have a, a rock rhythm right. or anything like that. Right. We wanted to do the real thing. Well, you know, if I could tell you a quick story sure. that came out after that album. Uh, I think one of the more popular medleys on that album was the Shlomo Kalbach medley. Sure. And uh, Calbanet's in there. And, and I, I love this story. Somebody in the music business, I'm not, of course I'm not going to say his name, met me. And he said, you know, I heard that Shlomo Kalbach medley that you did. Very interesting, but I think you made mountains out of molehills. And he said, you know the difference between us? We knew those were mountains to begin with. Right. And uh, so I, I think, you know, classical music sometimes takes simple sounding themes but it it's ables, enables to bring out the depth of the medley. And I remind you, I remind you, and I assume that this is what you mean, uh, that if you would ask Kalbach why he was so popular, he always had one answer. And that's because his songs were easy to sing. True. Right? Two-part songs, easy to sing, and he felt that anybody would feel you know, connected to it because they were able to sing it so easily. Yeah, but it was more than that. There's, besides being, I, I could give you a dozen songs that are easy to sing that don't mean anything. But the neshama but, behind but it, they right? mean something, right? You know, simple notes, right. but a lot of feeling behind it. Right. And those who didn't—that's uh, the trick. There, are those who didn't know him or see him, uh, it's hard to explain it. But he had a depth and a spirituality that came yeah. out in the music. Simple as that. What are you working on today? Are you still uh, arranging for different people? Are you? Uh, I mean, we see you, of course, at weddings and events, and that's a basic staple of the great uh, wedding and concert scene. But what about the work you do in your own home? Are you arranging songs for people these days? Actually, uh, I'm working on an album now, which is not quite a philharmonic, but pretty close to it. Jewish? Jewish, yeah. And it would be, if it's not close to philharmonic, how would you describe it? It would be a very large orchestra. Right. And what's unique about this production, not unique, but for me it's unique, is that it's basically being done virtually. Right. Right. The orchestra is, you is never not see coming the together. Yeah, I know all of them. I send them the music. They record in their basements at home. And we put it all together. Unbelievable. Who would have thought, right? 
Right. A long way from, what was it called? 16-inch tape or 8-inch tape or 2-inch tape? Whatever. Two-inch tape, two inch yeah. tape. <laughs> It was 2-inch tape that you had to insert into machines and manually edit and go through the tracks. And it was limited tracks also. What was it? In those days, how many tracks could you... If, if you had uh, 24, you were... That was a lot, right? You were riding high. And today it's unlimited, I would assume? Or unlimited, yeah. You could do whatever you want. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, they, we used to record on $60,000 reco uh, tape recorders, and now they used to put coffee on. It's <laughs> <No? laughs> unbelievable, I'll tell you. Yisrael Lamb is here. Yisrael, you know why we're here. It's Giving Tuesday. All we want is for you to tell people who enjoy Jewish music and everybody who's enjoyed what we've done now for 37 years yeah. to consider a year-end donation to keep us going. You know, we always say... The end product is the most important. You know, we could work our brains out trying to get a product out there, but it has to be presented. It has to get out to the oilum. And this is the greatest way to do it. You just turn on your radio in the AM, and you've got all this great stuff. And you've been doing it for so long, and you've been, you've been our lifeblood. So, you know, just keep on doing it. I appreciate that. We'll keep that. on doing it, but... We need you to keep on doing it. We need everybody to support what you're doing. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate you being here today and lend your support and your voice to this. And continued Hatzlacha, Yisrael Lab. Oh, thanks so much. The Lehi and Hara, you ain't slowing down for a second, it seems. Baruch Why? Hashem. Why? Why slow down, right? You're right. <laughs> much better this way. Thank you, Yisrael. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Everybody out there, you know what we have? We have Yisrael Lab and the Philharmonic Experience in the background, but we also have a reminder that you have to go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and help us get uh, the support that we need to keep on going. Miriam Alwala, could you imagine that we began four hours and 40 minutes ago? Can you believe that? I don't know, Nahum. The sun's up, so that's a good sign. <laughs> we have 20 minutes left. Oh, 20 minutes boy. left to this five-hour program. We have one more guest who is rapidly arriving where is that guest he'll be here in a minute all right but it gives us the opportunity to ask for our final 20 minutes fjbunity.org we've received donations today from people we haven't heard from in a million years wow that's great yeah and we've re received donations from people who have come on the air to pitch on our behalf and have surprised us with with different gifts and we truly appreciate that as well um friends have stopped by i mean this has really been a wonderful, this wonderful show. This is like a post-COVID reunion that we've had, although, unfortunately, it's not post-COVID. I was going to say, <laughs> I didn't realize it was over, yeah. but um, at least it sort of looks like we're on the other side of it, which, please God, is great. Oh, I hope that's true. Absolutely. You know something I don't know? Um, I know that my aunt and uncle got their, shot, their first dose this morning. Nice. And I know that my brother... Please God is getting his first dose this week. Nice. And um, I don't know. It's sort of different from all the Facebook posts and the social media posts of the people who are getting shots, but we don't actually know them. Now there are people who are in my circle who are getting vaccinated, and that is exciting. All right. Uh, we have a special guest here. He is the uh, Roche based Medrash. At the Young Israel of, is that the right term? Rose Space Medrash, right? Rose Space Medrash at the Young Israel of Woodmere, and of course is one of the great rabbis on the rabbinic staff of the Young Israel of Woodmere, and somebody who has been an outspoken supporter of JM in the AM. I refer to Rabbi Shai Schechter. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Okay, good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Miriam, and good morning to the whole team. What a great 
a great opportunity to be back here with all of you. Appreciate that. I know that others have probably told you this, but I'm going to mention it as well. The conversation between Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg and your father I found fascinating, enlightening, and simply fantastic. I hope you had a chance to watch it. I did. I had a chance to watch it. We were uh, excited to be involved in the preparation of that um, great interview. I will give a little bit of a, of a background there, sure. if I may. Oh, I love background. Um, Are you kidding? <laughs> so, uh, so we were trying to figure out how to get my father to really just get rolling. And we've all heard him give a sheer, and we've all heard him talk about things that we've heard him speak about. Sure. But I said I really think people need to see this aspect of his personality. So I spoke to my brother, and I thought, you know, this would be a, a really great idea. We were tweaking it back and forth. It's really my brother's idea, but we were just uh, putting it together. And then... Once Ephraim uh, Goldberg had agreed to do this great interview, we helped write the questions. And what was even greater was my mom told me that she was listening and she was emailing Rabbi Goldberg along the way, like, follow up on this, ask him that. So that's why it really got under my phone. I was, it's uh, funny yes. because as an interviewer, I'm saying to myself, who on earth? prepared him with questions as a Talmud he knew all these stories at the beginning of of uh, of, the, of, his, of uh, your father's married life and all these things that he cited now now you've given me some insight into how yeah. all that occurred but it was, nice. it was really great really powerful it so. certainly was to say the least you know someone made a comment to me the other day and I don't know if you'd ever say this to your father and I don't even know how seriously you take it in this scope of and the landscape of the, the Torah world and how it operates but we, we've lost some Torah giants over the last uh, few months, COVID and then post-COVID, and obviously in my own neighborhood of David Feinstein, and uh, that really applies to the entire world because the entire world consulted with him. And someone made a comment to me, why are people so panicking about the future of our Gedolei Torah when we have Rav Herschel Schechter at YU? And I said, what an interesting perspective that is, that someone, rightfully so, looks at your father as someone who could carry the world's responsibilities on his shoulders, something that we have seen up close and personal, at least you have, during COVID. So it was a very un uncomfortable comment that somebody made to me the other day. Um, they said, you know, your father really is from the Zikne Hadar. Wow. And I said, that's like a right. very prestigious comment, but it's a very <laughs> uncomfortable it's comment. It's eerie. Yeah. yeah, it's an eerie feeling, but it's true. My father, uh, Kenai Nahara, my father's turning 80 this summer. And he, uh, he's amazing. And I have to tell you, you know, carrying the world. Well, will that be a Zoom celebration or a <laughs> got to get a bagel celebration? What are, we, what are we planning for that? Just out of curiosity. All good things. All good <laughs> things. Your mother has something up her sleeve, though. <laughs> I did participate with my father this past week in yeah. a 100th birthday celebration on Zoom for Mr. Kurt Rothschild. Wow. 100th birthday on wow. Zoom. So that was amazing. I said to my father, you know, when you turn 100... Well, we won't do it on Zoom. We'll, we'll do it pull out person. all the stops, exactly. right? The palladium. <laughs> exactly. That's what we'll be exactly. for your 100th yes. birthday. So no plans yet for the summer. I can't get a straight answer to that question. Well, huh? we have you know, a lot going on. Unfortunately, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I, sure. uh, I can't tell you how many times a day I talk to my father now just about the, the COVID vaccine questions that are coming up in different Why iterations. Why are there so it. many COVID vaccine questions? What, what, what is that all about? What, what types of things are people asking? A lot of fascinating questions. Let's just say um, yesterday I was on the phone with Rav Asher Weiss, and he said that there was a nurse in Eretz Yisrael who asked him the following question. She is pregnant. She works in Shari Tzedek, and she wanted to know whether she should take the vaccine. Obviously, it's being offered to medical all person. the medical professionals there. Um, Rav Asher Weiss told me yesterday that he got it yesterday morning, and he's very excited about that. 
But he said that um, this nurse wanted to know there's really not a lot of data about pregnant women taking right. this. They don't say that it's negative, but they're just, just not sure. Knows, right? Just nobody knows yet. Um, there is a very strong recommendation that pregnant women should not be afraid and should take it. However, it's not yet been proven. So this woman was hesitant, and she wanted to know whether she should wait. And that's uh, just one of, the, one of the many, many questions that have come in, or somebody who called me last week and asked whether or not um, they are also on the medical staff in the hospital here in New York, and they wanted to know if their chance turns out to be on a Shabbos morning. To get a vaccine. To get a vaccine. And if they say, I can't do it today, they might be bumped to the end of the line and take three months. May they go into the hospital on Shabbos to get this vaccine. So lots of fascinating questions and a lot a lot of things that are still being worked out. And, so, and I'm sure you're purposely leaving out the answers. That would not be for public consumption. People no. should ask individually and, and find out what's best for them from their rabbi, right? That, Shiloh, about Shabbos, my father and Rav Usher Weiss both felt strongly that it would be permissible. Wow. Um, again, to come back from the hospital is a different question. Right. But to go That's in, the old Hatzalah argument, right, right? But to go in, again, not driving, not doing malacha, but to right. have a non-Jew perhaps drive you is something that they were both willing to go on record as saying is okay. So it's been a fascinating couple of months, fascinating couple of days, and uh, we're living in a changing world. How fascinating is it uh, being one of the rabbis who leads a synagogue, a very large synagogue, that saw a major drop in in-person population over the last few months? It's been a challenge for us, but I think it's been an opportunity for us to realize that engagement has to take on a very different face. And uh, what we always thought to be the most important engagement, you know, Shabbos morning, Friday night, yeah. Shiurim, uh, we have to reconsider that and reevaluate whether we're really engaging people in the way we're supposed to. And remember, you're in a shul. Obviously, many shuls are active on Shabbos, but you're in a shul where all hours of day and night on an average day, it's hustling and bustling. Yeah, that's true. But I, I have to say as well that I think we learned something very important from this, and that is I always gave shiurim in the shul, and we have many, many programs that go on every day, every night. And we never thought pre-COVID to put it virtually for mm. all the individuals who are not able to leave their homes. Not because of COVID, just right. in general. People who are uh, homebound. And I think this has been a tremendous learning experience for us that we need to provide for everybody. And every shear that we give now, every class that we have is offered both in person and virtually. And I think that's extremely important. My Rabbi father, you know, I, I do know my father said many years ago, um, Rabbi Przansky had asked him, I think probably 15 years ago, whether or not you can have somebody watch live a minion in shul. Can right. they answer Amen? Can they say Kaddish? And yeah. I remember my father wrote up some kind of guidelines, and at the time people thought he was crazy. But it's something we should have always thought about. You know, how about all those people who can't come to shul and who want to be a part of the minion and who want to be a part of the davening? So now many shuls have done that because COVID made us think that way. But great people were thinking about this. 15 years ago. So Rabbi Shai Schachter is suggesting that there's some positive elements to COVID. <laughs> there's some good things that have come out of this terrible situation. There are lots of amazing things that have come out. Lots of terrible pain, yeah. but lots of really, really great moments and great opportunities that I think people didn't think about enough before. Uh, Rabbi Schachter, you've, uh, you've just described how important it is for people to be part of a community and to feel so, whether it's Shabbos or during the week. Uh, one of the things that we've been able to do, thank God, is create a sense of community and attract people to gather together on a daily basis. And Baruch Hashem, because of the way technology works, we've been able to do this in a, uh, in a digital manner. 
and in an effective manner that can attract people from all around the world. All we're asking people today is to support us going forward and to understand how important a community effort this is. If I could ask you to just encourage them to do so, please. What can I say? You know, I know that last week you were in Dubai, or that was two weeks ago. Right. feels like it was last week. And we're still seeing pictures, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I have to say, I feel like I was there. And I think that's what a lot of people feel. When, uh, when the Nachum Siegel Network goes out of their way and unites Jewish communities in the very unique and beautiful way that they do, I think that it makes all of us feel that we're a part of it, even though we're not there, but we feel a part of the giant shoulders that you carry. And, uh, and it's just a great honor. It's a great honor to be a part of it, to watch it a little bit from behind the scenes, and to appreciate all of the hard work and the effort that goes into it. I know that uh, there was tremendous leadership in that trip and many others that you've done in the past, and, and great comfort. I'm, I'm reminded, I actually mentioned it in shul a few weeks ago, that when we commemorated the yard site of the terrible attack in the shul in Pittsburgh, right. I'm reminded that you had a, a major place in the Nahama of the Jewish people at that time. And I think that's very much what the Nahum Siegel Network and the uh, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting brings to the table for all of us. We don't all have the opportunity to be the mouthpiece of the Jewish people, uh, but we all wish that we did, and we all feel connected to the great work that you do, and uh, we feel that it unites so many great organizations and so many great people. I appreciate that very much. And you know what I'm thinking of when Rabbi Schachter mentions Pittsburgh, that we were there for, during Shiva, and we were there a year later because it's a different type of comfort we've learned over the years that people need immediately thereafter, and it's a different type of comfort they need when they look back a year later and pass that very important milestone. Anybody who's lost a, a relative or anybody, who, even now, everyone keeps talking about Purim. Why? Because Purim is the one-year anniversary of this, and we're hoping that that's going to be you know, the final end to this entire COVID-19 pandemic. And it's a different type of comfort that people need as they look back on the episode a year later Miriam it just brings the whole conversation I mean we're at the culmination of five hours that's a long yeah. time to be talking and this is this is the perfect circle because the beginning of this broadcast was all about the community that's been established for 37 years that never went anywhere during COVID that even when everyone was indoors and there was no one to see and no one to talk to <laughs> and zoom wasn't you know on in everyone's lexicon wasn't a daily term that we used. There was still JM in the AM where people were turning. And, and we mentioned this in the first hour that people joked, wow, your numbers must have skyrocketed. <laughs> and yes, they did. But because we're always there, you want to talk about stalwart? JM in the AM is always there. Nahum Siegel is always there. He didn't miss a show. None of the rest of us can really say that. Nahum never missed a morning because his commitment and I say this with you sitting right here, your commitment to the greater Jewish community, the global Jewish community is unprecedented. It, you're not doing it from a, from a religious background. You're not doing it from a political, back, political background. You're doing it from a, a, a literally like a generational commitment to this greater community. It is literally in your blood and it shows and people gravitate towards you and people want to be part of what you're a part of. And just hearing your voice. How many times do we have to hear the words, <laughs> I grew up with JM and AM. I grew up listening to you. I used to wake up with you in the morning. <laughs> Those words ring true. And, and we ask for your support to keep that going. Uh, let, me, let me just add one point. I think there are very few icons of the Jewish community that we can turn to 
and who everybody can feel connected to. There are very few. And I do think that Nachum Siegel is one of those icons that so many Jewish communities, not only here in America, but across the Jewish world, feel that this is an icon, not only you personally, but all that you represent, I think speaks so much to the success of what you've tried to build and what you've tried to accomplish and what you continue to inspire and build for the Jewish people. Thank you very, very much. You know what you would say if someone said that about you? Well, people don't say that about me, would, so it's not a problem. If they, <laughs> if they did, you would use your famous line of, am I dying? Right. Because it's, it's such compliments that, that, uh, that people have for this show and for the work we're doing, and it's so heartwarming. And usually, usually, I shouldn't give myself an Ainara, usually it's the type of stuff you hear, uh, that people right. hear about Thank once, God you're feeling once, fine. Once, once <laughs> life is over. But to hear it now is amazing. I know, but, but it's a perfect way to end this show. Yeah, that, it is I a agree perfect with. way, and frankly... It's the perfect chizuk to go another year. Yeah. It's exactly the kind of boost that we need to go another year. And I've said this a million times, both off, and off, both off the air and on the air. I have never worked this hard in my entire life, but I've never been happy working this hard. So I thank you for the sometimes opportunity. Sometimes I find that time. hard to believe because you're so sometimes overworked. Sometimes I do also, but yeah. You know, I have a machatenister, uh, Rabbi Schachter, who's such uh, who works so hard, like one of these workaholics. You ever hear the term workaholic? I have a machatenister like that. It's amazing. Very well. It's, it's fascinating. <laughs> I have a congregant in my shul who's <laughs> the same way. Are you serious? It's fascinating. <laughs> That's incredible. Am, Am I dying? Be. Am I dying? Yeah. <laughs> you see, there you Just go. Just keep doing good things. Thank That's you. right. Amen. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Continued success. Great hatzlacha, the young Israel of Woodmere, and everything you're doing on an international basis. Rabbi Shai Schechter, everybody. we got to wrap this helping, up. Wrapping up a great radio show. Five hours at Gotta Get a Bagel here in Woodmere, New York. Uh, Joel has been kind enough to allow us to make this our mobile studio when we visit this area. Final push of the morning. Anybody out there who has not yet given, here's your opportunity. A monthly donation or a one-time donation, here is your opportunity. Simply go to fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. Uh, and be as generous as possible. Some of the donations have come in in the 10 o'clock hour. This is a donation from, uh, from listener Hannah in Surfside, Florida. Wow. This is a donation that came in a minute ago from, um, from someone named Jay Meat. I don't have any more details than that, <laughs> but thank you to Jay Meat. Uh, this is a donation that came in three times high from Annie and Shmuel Goldfisher. Thank you very much to the Goldfishers. Thank you. Um, and I want to thank everybody who's been donating. Uh, we mentioned the R.E.A. Kunstler donation, which was really nice. You know, when you when you create songs for us and spend an entire weekend uh, working on Miriam Al Wallach's project, which <laughs> is to make Salam into a beautiful cover for our Dubai trip, uh, you're not really required no. to toss in a no. financial contribution to FJB. So he goes ahead and, of course, gives us ten times high. I'll tell you, these Kunstlers raise their boys right. That's a hundred percent accurate. Can we give a special thank you to ZK? ZK found himself uh, going to the five towns this morning. Yoni Pollock is uh, ensconced in his blanket and mattress right. while ZK is on the road working with us from early in the morning. How do you like that? Yeah. He better oh, be too, did sure Are you he's kidding? Been listening to every he better minute. be too, did So ZK, thank you to ZK. Yeah, totally, totally thank you. And it's a pleasure to have you around. It really is. Achenobi Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world of web at AchimSingle.com, on the AchimSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Don't you remember we started a little early? So um, we're ending a drop early. What do you think of that? <laughs> You like that, huh? 
a little bit I of music. I have no control over any show I've been producing. Oh, oh come on. You can't be upset about that. <laughs> a little bit of music, and then you know what's happening on NSN? Yes, live lunch. A live lunch with Avrami. He'll treat you well between 11 and 1. Avramel. Avramel. Avramel Finkelstein. He's coming up next. Or as Miri- you refer to him, Abraham. Abraham. Miriam Alwalik, thank you. Thank you, Nachum. Thank you very, very much. Thank you as well. And... Quickly, we say thank oh you to Dr. God, Mark. Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark is here to pick up his NSN shirts, and he was supposed to do a little bit of pitching for us, but guess what? He avoided the pitch and but still ge- gets a shirt. <laughs> That's right. My God. But guess what? Not only, not only oh. is the show over, it ends with a donation <laughs> from Dr. Mark. That's it. Thank you, Dr. Mark. You're amazing. The show is over. Go in peace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have a fabulous Tuesday. And thank you to Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere. Until tomorrow, Nahum Single reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.